Kessler. I heard you Ethiopian girls are hungry all the time. <laughs> Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. Next Thursday, March 21st, 2013. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 497. This is No Agenda. Straight out of Range Rover Hell at the Travis Heights hideout where SoCo meets MoFo in the capital of the Drone Star State in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where I don't have any jazzy kind of poetic thing to say, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Lovin Buzzkill in the morning. That's just a lack of preparation, John. Oh. Yeah, that's all that it is. You write this stuff down, then. You, uh, you admit it. I always, uh, yeah, I always now, write okay, down the opening. So does that yeah. also apply to your little ditty at the end of the nighting? <laughs> <laughs> no, man, that's from memory. I wake uh-huh. up in the morning and I rehearse that little nighting ditty. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what I do. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so the um, oops, the Range Rover finally bit it. Oh no! Yeah, it was, was one it from the drive back from Dallas. No, we took the truck. I'm glad we took the truck because you know, I mean, it wasn't that warm yesterday. It was, you know, high seventies. And I get the call. Did you know this call? <laughs> and he's like, there's steam coming out of it again. Oh, you just had a, a hose I ju- up. I ju- no, but I just had a whole water pump put in. And, and, and now I'm, I'm like, you know, we're done with this car. I mean, yeah, you sure it just wasn't a, a cracked hose? Well, it's steam I, coming out. Sounds like a hose. No, it's, I, you know what? What else would it be? But I'm done with the car, you see. It's 1999. I can't have my wife driving around in something that, you know, what's going to happen next? You know, you, <laughs> well, I mean, it's always going to be something with every car. <laughs> I know, once but. Once they're more than four years old. I'd also like to point out that, you know, the right hand side, the passenger door still yeah, yeah, doesn't that, open. That, that's, that's annoying. That, you know, it's, it's not so okay. You have to climb in the back. <laughs> to climb in the back or through the window. And the, all the the ceiling, you know, the, what do you call that? The padding. You it to look like a NASCAR racer and you <laughs> jump in the window and you look <laughs> like you know what you're doing. Put some netting on there. Yeah. So um, now I'm, I'm uh, you know, so it's like, oh, okay, I'll just get something Japanese that'll run. Toyota. Yeah. Well, they're not cheap. <laughs> well, that for that reason. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Toyotas are not cheap. And uh, so but now... I think it was you that told me that it's a it's a much better deal to call up one of these outfits that'll come and tow the car away, and then I get the tax deduction. I didn't say it was a better deal. I said it's a. a I mean, yeah, that's one way of doing it, as opposed to letting it sit there. Although, since you're in Texas, but you could put it up on blocks and put it in the front yard. <laughs> yeah, to, to match the neighbors, you mean? <laughs> yeah. So you just be right at home, and there was oh, a local. <laughs> Okay. No. I mean, no one will take this. They'll take it as a trade-in. There's another one. <laughs> okay. I've got a million of them. Yeah. Uh, take and put it in the front yard just like that and then get some black spray can, black, black paint, and then uh, across the side that's visible to the outside, uh, spray lemon on the car. <laughs> And that'll make you feel better about the situation. And then and possibly somebody at Range Rover will get a hold of a photo and then they'll come by and give you a new car. <laughs> okay. I think this is the best strategy I've heard yet. I can't wait to share it with Mickey. <laughs> Although the car is black, so I think we should do it in gold oh, paint. Oh, white paint. It's fine. <laughs> have a gold. Gold. We still have some. Gold's harder to see, but white would be good. <laughs> 
No, I, but I think the way it works is, you know, they'll come over, they'll give you an IRS receipt. Yeah. For like, you know, and, and the car, you know, Blue Book, if you, you know, if you take away the door thing and the, and the, the engine exploding is probably worth about four grand. Blue wow, Book. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's low mileage. <laughs> How many miles are on that thing? Um, I think ninety-seven thousand. Oh, that's. I don't know how you define low mileage. But. <laughs> well, everything I've looked at to buy for her is about that. I'm like, we're just picking up where this one left off. <laughs> it's no good. You can if you keep shopping, like on Craigslist or wherever, just find somebody trying to sell their car. You will find somebody who has like forty-five thousand miles on their car. Yeah, but, but yeah. So, so here's what I found. Here's what I found. <laughs> here's what I found. First of all, I found that my wife's interest in the vehicle is the color. This is pretty she much wants a black car. No, she wants an off white. Now I'm like, okay, off white. <laughs> what does that even mean? I think it's pearlescent. I would like an eggshell white automobile. <laughs> that is pretty much what she wants. That's exactly it. And so now I'll show a car, and she's like, "Yeah, that's a nice color." I'm like, uh, "There's a little more to it, but it's okay." Nice color. This is she does get something. She does not really care but but then i point out to her that there are all these amazing deals but the car is always red that's what you want <laughs> and you don't know miss mickey apparently well, you don't know the american she doesn't apparently know american drivers you want a car that is visible <laughs> so people don't say well i didn't see your black car when i hit you <laughs> Because no. in court, you're not, nobody's going to get away with this saying this in court. <laughs> I didn't see the car. It's red. <laughs> this is not going to happen. This is not. She said, this is the limit. There will be no red car in her future. <laughs> By the way, you don't have a red car. You have, well, you, yours used to be white, I think. I, it's, I have a red Corvette. <laughs> your your, your uh, Lexus used to be white. I think it is now actually off-white. Well, it's old. Yeah, that's that's what's so great about it. Anyway, I'm very happy that we didn't uh, uh, that we uh, didn't take that up to Dallas. You know, Mickey did her uh, her her big role on uh, on Dallas. Well, you're gonna have to clue the audience in. Yeah. Well, it, it, you know what? It was. I have to say, it was you kind of set bickering. Yeah. And, oh, with the director? <laughs> Are you kidding me? So the director is Jesse Botchko. Botchko. Yeah, he's uh, Stephen Botchko's son. Wow! So he's he's directing. See, this, is the, this is the problem with the entertainment business. <laughs> yeah, it's all insiders. Yeah. Oh yeah. Licks. Oh yeah. My son. Oh yeah. And uh, the producer is Ken Taylor. He's done a lot of stuff, but but I you know how it's probably Rip Taylor's son. <laughs> no, Ken Taylor's kind of up there in age. I could tell. Um, but what was interesting, you know how um, on if whenever you have the the award shows that are not about movies, but it's about either TV series or, um, you know, like just yeah, basically television series shows. Yeah, okay. Um, they always are thanking the writers, like our fantastic writing team. You know, we're so happy with you and blah, blah, blah. Th thank you to the writers. Without you, our work would be nothing. I understand why they do this now because I met the writer of this episode who was on set and I mean, he's he's a big shot. He's uh, you, you know. So Mickey introduced me to him, and I'm talking. He said, "Yeah, I really loved her audition, which is you know why we not only uh, decided to 
to bring her in, even though she read for a different part. I just love what she did. And uh, we had this, you know, part for a girl called Calliope. Uh, we thought the name was no good, and we heard that her name was Mickey, and we so we decided, oh, this is great. We'll call her Mickey, except it'll be M-I-K-K-I. And uh, I was like, no, all right. So this guy basically hired her. They gave her the name of a Japanese hooker. Russian. And, okay. um And, um, you know, so he essentially, you know, he said, yeah, you know, he's, he's, he's responsible for hiring. And uh, she her role is, you know, I mean, it's not like she's not on screen for the whole episode, but she is involved with one of the kind of main characters and i'm like yeah i'm i'm, I'm seeing season three you know uh she could totally <laughs> push in this take guy. over the place <laughs> like she could, she could totally you know take over south fork and he's like hmm yeah unfortunately you know her character ken uh, ends in a very uh or her their character's involvement you know the other the guy uh doesn't end well for him, but yeah, she could be like really pissed off, and yeah, I'm like, wow, did I just talk her into a, a gig on season three? You might have. Yeah, this this is this is very very powerful. These guys. Anyway, you know, this is a big show. This is a hit show, John. They got like three and a half, four million people watching this thing. Yeah, I know. It's a shame Larry Hagman died in the middle of it. Yeah. But. Well, you know, they're bringing uh, the six million dollar man in to replace him, not as Jr., but uh, just like another old guy. Uh, what's his name? Well, Lee Majors. They risk losing another actor. <laughs> they're bringing <laughs> Lee Majors in. Anyway, it was cool though. It was fun to to see. You know, I've forgotten what it's like. You know, there's a million people on this show. Just you know, it's people doing things and no, those oh. those shows. There's so many people. I mean, you see when the credit rolls, it's like, who are all these people and what are they doing? Mostly standing around. No, no, no. I think everyone had the, a job. No matter how small it is, they all have a very specific task and they do it very well. What's the gaffer doing during the shooting? He's not gaffing anything. Um, yeah, but that's his job is small. His job is to is to gaff before they shoot and that's it. Yeah, and then he stands yeah. around or goes home. <laughs> All right. Well, whatever. He, doesn't, he obviously doesn't go home because you never know when you need no, a gaffer. No, exactly. Uh, but I was I was impressed. I, th I thought it was I thought it was fun to watch. I kind of forgotten what it was like. Did you try to get a job? <laughs> no. In fact, so the, in these Hollywood situations, um, there's always someone to take you to the next place or whatever. You're never alone. And when they are taking talent, that would be Mickey. Um, you know, it like into the makeup trailer. It's like, you know, so the guy is like, okay, stepping up, one stepping up, uh, the Mickey, uh, actress stepping up and her husband. That's two stepping up. You know, it's like whatever you do, it's like crossing. We've got two crossing. We've got talent, Mickey and her husband. And to this guy, I became buddy. You know that moment where he's like, hey, buddy, where's Mickey? Hey, buddy. Hey, hey buddy. <laughs> it's like, hey, we're, we're ready for Mickey. Is he here? Uh, uh, no. Oh, okay, buddy. Well, uh, listen, buddy, why don't you let me... <laughs> I was this completely insignificant buddy. Yeah, well, that's what you are in this yeah. situation. They yes. probably would rather have you not there. Uh, yeah, but they were cool with it, so yeah, that was, that was fun. And, and a, a large portion of the people are old enough to remember me and were impressed. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's always nice. Anyway, so uh, episode uh, 14 of the series, one before last, and they're very hopeful that they will have another season. There's no green light yet from the network. Yeah, but this is on the cable, isn't it? TNT, yeah, but it's a big deal. Yeah, I know, but kid, what, what else has TNT got to do <laughs> besides green light that show? 
Well, they have. They, well, we have a big meeting today, boys. What are we going to do with this Dallas show? Well, <laughs> since it's the only show we really have, I think we should run it again. <laughs> yeah. What no. was this? My name came up. I'm sorry. Oh, last night. Yeah. So we um, doesn't sound good. <laughs> we were invited uh, to a dinner. A uh, and it's one. Of, it, you know, so Lori Frick is an artist here, and she and Mickey are friends. And she's, but she's a she's really a a, a transhumanist freak. And I tell her this because she's she her art consists of her tracking her body movements. So she's always got like you know those wristbands that Leo always wears. And, you know that tracks your pulse and how your sleeping habits are and right and she's also an artist Ooh, in- I roll over in bed <laughs> three times last night isn't that fascinating and so she's an she's also artist in residence at uh, the neurobiology center at the university of texas so she invited uh, russell poldrick the professor of psychology and neurobiology uh to the dinner with his uh, wife and you know a reasonably young guy what dinner was this again? You just doing- just a just a dinner party, like six people. Where in Austin at uh, at Lori's house? Oh, okay. Yeah. Does she have a nicer place than you? Yes. <laughs> Unequivocally, yes. <laughs> She's very beautifully uh, contemporary, brand new. I mean, nicely built, uh, nice oh. thing. Yeah, very nice. Um, and uh, and so you know, so this is a scientist, and. This guy is nothing but empirical this, empirical that. <laughs> and, you know, you put, like, hippie chick, socialist, Dutch girl, Mickey, across the table from the guy who's pretty much like, I'm not in love with my wife. We are just two beings who happen to meet. Oh, God. Our paths cross. already. <laughs> it's like a behaviorist. Yeah, no, he, so he, he is tracking his, all of his, his new thing now is he's imaging himself. So he does an MRI like every day and takes notes about his life. It was it was it was pretty outrageous. And of course, you know they they know what I do, and then you know, but they're like big fans of the Dvorak DOS telecommunications book. <laughs> wow, nineteen eighty-seven. Exactly, exactly. You are you were the t- that guy's still alive. <laughs> you were the no. The question was, how old is he really? That one came up. It doesn't matter. He could be 27 for all I care. He's he's buddy. He's he's my buddy on the show. So um, yeah, but it was it was you know there. I just had to say it's like I'm really against this. <laughs> I'm really I think this has no value. Uh, and and what are you doing it for? Well, I said when I'm interested, does your brain transmit signals and can I receive it? And he's like, oh no, no research has been done on that. I said, really? He said, nah, no one's interested in that. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, the what the great thing, so very nice people, but the great thing that came out of it is uh, Mickey is allowed to go on Monday and photograph his brain collection. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. He says he's got brains that where the lobotomies have been performed on the brain, so you see like the, the pieces all missing in the front, and uh, and it's it sounds yeah. like some of that would give you nightmares. No. Well, she's very excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She anyway, might be more excited if you got her a red car. <laughs> anyway, so uh, uh, President of the United States, uh, uh, President Obama is uh, is in Israel. Israel. I think we should start saying it properly. Israel. Israel. 
and uh, did a little uh, stand-up ditty there with um, our buddy, uh, Bibi Netanyahu. Did you uh, catch any of the press conference, John? Were you? Uh, yeah, I saw the that? whole thing, including the uh, thing with the, with the humor, because uh, what's-his-name from NBC couldn't stop asking questions. Right, right. You want to play Which some of that? kind of amusing, but... Well, I'm sorry. I, I thought uh, there did were... you catch anything because I, I got no clips yeah, no, from that thing because I didn't I didn't see anything happen. Yes, I, I I did get. No, I got some clips. I think the I think you're mistaken. I think there's some things that we always seem to uh, to identify early, um, and namely, you know, he's he he traveled with his old scriptwriter with all the old jokes. And uh, of course, and, uh, and a lot more. Uh, yeah, uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, uh, so here's the joke that I I'm I'm now going to call the president of the United States out as a misogynist. I'm sick and tired of this particular joke. Well, uh, thank you, Prime Minister Netanyahu, for your kind words and for your wonderful welcome here today. Uh, and I want to. Ex- express a special thanks uh, to Sarah, as well as your two sons, for uh, their warmth and hospitality. It, it was wonderful to see them. Uh, they are, uh, I, I did inform the Prime Minister that uh, they are very good-looking young men who clearly got their looks from their mother. <laughs> uh, well, I could say the same of your daughters. <laughs> Which is funny, because, you know, let's be honest, the first daughters are pretty ugly. <laughs> That's whoa. This is true. And here it comes. Our goal is to improve our gene pool by, by <laughs> marrying, marrying women who are better than we are. Yay! How many times have we heard this joke? Uh, I heard it at least, I don't know. Five it's, it's, times. I, I've lost count. Yeah, it's at least five times. It's really, and I think it's, it's, it's now degrading towards women, I feel. It just like, you know, I don't know. It, it doesn't feel, it's like reverse, reverse misogyny or something. It's not okay. It's just it's it's no I'm 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 not down with it anymore. Uh, then I was never down with it. Well, the first three times, like ah, oh. uh, you know, if I hear the same joke twice, I mean, this is the president. He's not a guy who can like trick you into not seeing one of his acts. <laughs> you know, it's not like the comic who keeps doing the same gags over and over and over because there's a different audience every time. So but, here's uh, uh, now here's my pet po- my pet peeve. He goes over to Israel. And uh, and again, misstates his job as president uh, of these United States. Your pet leaders, peeve. our most solemn responsibility is the security of our people. No, I'm sorry, that is not your responsibility. That's job number one. No, that is not. Your job is to defend and uphold the Constitution. My job as president of the United States is first and foremost is to keep the American people safe. No, I'm sorry. That is just, that is incorrect. That is not your job. Your job is to protect and uphold the Constitution of the United States. You almost States. have it sounding like you're having a conversation with him right now. It's a very funny bit. Maybe you should work on fine. that. Just go get the clip and you and the clip. And oh, okay. Clip. Okay. I'll, I'll work on that. It's very humorous. I can probably do that. But in this case, he literally left the holes wide open. I mean, please. You know, that, that was easy. Um, so then, uh, let's see, we have, uh, you know, the promise of uh, that lame thing that we know doesn't work. On extending it for the years beyond. I'm also pleased to announce that we will take steps to ensure that there's no interruption of funding for Iron Dome. Iron Dome. That's a thing that can't stop a scud. It's cra- and it's $200 million. Yeah, I know. It's, a, it's a huge scam. A result of decisions 
that I made last year. Oh, good job. Israel will receive approximately $200 million this fiscal year, and we will continue to work with Congress. Yeah, see, I don't think that's true. I think Raytheon may receive $200 million and take it over. Uh, do you think it's another one of those big checks? A big, you know? big giant check, yeah. <laughs> Made out of cardboard. And the, by the way, the banks hate it when you bring those in. <laughs> They're really annoying. They don't fit through the slot at the drive-thru. On future funding of Iron Dome. These are further reminders that we will help to preserve Israel's qualitative military edge so that Israel can defend itself by itself against any threat. So then, um, then he said something that I've really had to think about, of course, you know, we uh, put in the Red Book that there would be a chemical attack in a chemical weapons attack in Syria. And now everyone's going back and forth. You know, did the Assad regime uh, regime, did they, you know, light off uh, some chemical weapons and kill people? Uh, Was it the rebels? Was it Al Qaeda? You know, who the heck is really doing all this? Where's it all coming from? And we have to investigate this and make sure. But really, when you think about it, and, and you know, this is the red line, this is the red line, I, I, I have an observation about this type of, of warfare. Assad has lost his legitimacy to lead by attacking the Syrian people with almost every conventional weapon in his arsenal, including Scud missiles. Okay, so he's, he's, been, he's been killing people with everything he's got, including Scud missiles. And we have been clear that the use of chemical weapons against the Syrian people would be a serious and tragic mistake. Now, I got to disagree with this. I'm thinking, look, if you're going to kill people anyway, why make a mess of it? The chemical weapon, you know, you don't ruin the building. You know, everything, you know, sticks around. You only, the people go, you know, they die. They're easy to clean up. You don't have to hose anything down. Why is it that chemical weapons, which are intended to kill people just like a scud or any other regular weapon, conventional weapon, why is this the red line, John? I don't understand. Uh, because there was a, a Geneva Convention or a war convention after World War One, uh-huh. because of the, uh, the chemical weapons do make a mess. They a lot of people they puke up all over the place and then they they walk out like zombies. And <laughs> that, there's a million problems. No, it's horrible. Problem. How can that be they, more problematic? They give you blister like gas, <laughs> get, makes you all blistery, and then you come out. It's a mess. It's horrible, and it's, it's like a it's like a it's like a form of torture as opposed to getting shot in the head. Oh, okay. no, I mean I know what you're saying. I mean, it's like but, what you, form of violence? What difference does it make? Yes, but they they they've been banned. Is the deal? They're banned. They're banned. They're illegal. You okay. Used, you're a war criminal immediately. Okay. Now, of course, they said that they did it. Or I, This kind of snuck into the conversation, too. I mean, I, I have a clip here from here with Aaron Burnett, who, by the way, I'm not going to say, and I don't believe she's a cocaine user. <laughs> okay. But she <laughs> uh, went to her nose in a very distinctive way. Oh, and wow. was I wish I was I should have made a clip and sent it to Mickey for her. Uh, yes, uh, for her analysis. Yes, for Mickey, her analysis. Mickey as mayor. And, I mean, of the this night. was really very distinctive, <laughs> and she sniffed on, right afterwards. Can I just the, can I just way you can do. I just back you up for a second? Uh, Mickey's analysis would be because of her experience uh, running nightclubs. Yeah, not like yeah, she would know. <laughs> not for any She's other seen reason. It all. She's seen it all. Yes, she has. She has. So, so the thing is, and then Aaron, I noticed. I've noticed her cadence on 
earlier parts of some of the shows, there's one way, and then she talks like a maniac, just crazy talk. I mean, yak, 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 she can't be, you know, she stutters and stammers and talks really fast, and she can't stop talking really fast, and that's the way she is. Right. So I'm just thinking she she should uh, probably... Uh, Go to decaf? <laughs> no, I'm not saying that she uses or has used cocaine or she's using cocaine while she's doing the show, but she... She has certain appearances which mm-hmm. she should correct. That's Ooh. what it is. It's just a ah, suggestion yes, yes, yes. to help her not be this way. But play Syria in the gas bullcraft. When she first says Syria, you hear her. You know when you know, oh, wow. a little of this. Okay. Naftali, the Justice Minister today, uh, uh, C.B. Livni, told our Jessica Yellen that it is clear in Israel that Syria has used chemical weapons. Obviously, the United States, uh, the President and the State Department have said they've seen those reports. They have not yet confirmed whether they think Syria has used chemical weapons, whether it be the government or the opposition. Have you seen proof that Bashar al-Assad or the opposition have used them? Well, uh, I don't know about proof, but we, uh, we're we very concerned about uh, these chemical weapons. He won't answer uh, the question. Being taken no. or handed over to Hezbollah in Lebanon. Hezbollah. I'll remind you, there's roughly uh, 60,000 missiles in Lebanon targeted at the north and center of Israel. The chemical weapons uh, exist in Syria. The missiles exist in Lebanon. And when you connect the two, it's uh, a mortal risk uh, for Israel and we'll protect ourselves against this sort of uh, action. All right, so we get no answer. But uh, that, that's he's irrelevant. the guy, supposedly, that passed out the word. That the, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. it's like there's, this is bull crap. Well, actually, well, it's funny. Let me Since you bring that up, let me play for you DiFi. You know DiFi? Yeah, DiFi. DiFi. I believe with the I, I agree with the comments that uh, Chairman Rogers has made. Uh, I think w- we hear all this in a classified session. This is highly classified. We have highly been classified. advised. The bullcrap is classified. To be very careful what we say. Uh, uh, I'm told that the White House has been briefed the same thing that we have been briefed. What I said earlier uh-huh. is that the White House has. So at least we're all on board the same bullcrap. To make some decisions in this, uh, I. I think uh, the days are becoming more desperate. Uh, the regime is more desperate. Uh, we know uh, where the chemical weapons are. Uh-huh. Uh, it, it's not a secret no, that they're there. Right. And uh, I think uh, the probabilities are very high that we're going into some very dark times. And Ooh. I think the White House uh, needs to be prepared. Uh, both committees now have been fully briefed. Yes, very dark said times. Absolutely nothing, except that we're going <laughs> to, apparently we know where the weapons are. Like, yes. is this the same guys who knew where the weapons were yeah. in uh, Iraq? Very they, dark uh, times, John. Dark times. <laughs> dark, dark times. times. Now, so here's... this is show title, I might add. Dark times, yes. This is a... Um, a very coordinated effort because while all this is taking place, we have Ambassador Ford, ambassador to Syria, who uh, for obvious reasons is not hanging out in Damascus, uh, before the Senate speaking uh, about the dire situation. And I'm very interested in this. And um, here's what was what I found uh, interesting, and I'm glad I, I do the work that I'm able to do. Um, so the written testimony is what goes on the record, correct? Whatever he says there is like, eh, whatever. They'll take that into account. But when he does his opening statement, the written... The whole thing goes under the record. Right, but including the written testimony. Oh, yeah, no, there's a bunch of testimony that and, and things that they put in later. 
So you can, you can put stuff in at the beginning, the later, anywhere. You can have a huge document. It gets, yes. As long as somebody says this has to go into the record at some point during the proceeding, then all the stuff that's handed in also goes into the record. So here's um, here's a, a little tip of how I work when I'm uh, uh, when I'm you know, looking at C-SPAN type stuff. If I have not seen it live, then I will always go in and I will read the the written records and everything that's handed in. And it's easy because, you know, then you can kind of scan through. And I'm good at this. This is what I do. I can look at spreadsheets and pick stuff out. I don't know. Why. It's like a neural networking thing. I can do it. And I'm, I'm like, oh, my God, this is some amazing. Oh, the, I can't believe you said this. So I'm like, oh, I, I got to go get the watch the video. And this is just of his opening statement. And he skips some very important pieces that are in the written testimony, which I'll gladly read for you. But first, uh, listen to uh, him, just his opening salvo of how dire the situation is in Syria. We also share Israel's... <laughs> I'm sorry. Wow. Such a great, great wind-up. <laughs> you leave it and in. Totally... You got you the pitch, the wind-up, and time out! Crikey, I really screwed that up. Here we go. It's limited, so I'm going to keep my remarks quite brief. As you noted, Mr. Chairman, what started yes. out as a peaceful demand... Is this guy a bookkeeper? What is he? He talks like this. Hello. Uh, just listen to what he says. ...for dignity and freedom has turned instead to a devastating conflict with a horrific human toll. Syrians face a new level of ruthlessness from the Assad regime, which is... Raining scud missiles. It's a rain and scud missiles. <laughs> Hallelujah! It's rain and scud. What? What? Where, what is he? Says sous chef somewhere. <laughs> so that's the. That was the first thing that I read. I'm like, oh, good. He said that. Right. Down on residential neighborhoods, bombing hospitals, bombing schools, and sending out its thugs into streets to terrorize and arrest fellow citizens. More than 70,000 Syrians now. Okay, so this is where he skips a whole part. I'm like, oh, this is the part I wanted to have. So allow me to read the written part. Syrians, Syrians face a new level of ruthlessness from the Assad regime, which is, is raining scud missiles down on the residential neighborhoods, destroying hospitals and schools, and sending its thugs rampaging through the streets to terrorize their fellow citizens. The carnage is appalling! For instance, we have heard that some Syrian parents who still send their children to school now stitch their child's name on school uniforms that makes it easier to identify the bodies. Oh, brother. <laughs> I'm like, oh, why no. didn't he say that? <laughs> Holy mackerel. <laughs> I can't believe that. And he, so he left that out. I'm like, oh. That's officially on the record, though, so there it is. <laughs> so then uh, I, I could play more of his boring, boring speech, but let me pull you the, the more pieces that he didn't mention. So um, here's the, what they have, we have done so far. Uh, do you want me to do the accent or just read no, it? I think the accent, you do it. It's, <laughs> you're not on the money with it, but it's funny enough. We supplied approximately 5,000 pieces of equipment, including communications gear, <laughs> to enable activists to coordinate their efforts. Some activists use these tools to organize a free lawyers union, which now coordinates with the local council for the gover governorate of Dara and has taken responsibility for legal affairs within the local council. Now, we boosted signals, extending the reach of broadcast on FM stations and funded media outlets. 
we then we use and those. And he left this out of the testament. Yes, the written, yes. This is all in the written testament yes, only. Yes, Which nobody reads. No. Except us, our show. Yes. Then we use those media platforms to address sectarian violence and issue public service messages on chemical weapons exposure. Huh. So they, they are, and he, he's admitting psychological warfare of taking over the boosting the FM signals, whatever yeah, FM. It's, yeah, right. And then funding the media outlets, funding the media outlets. Right. That is an act of war. Well, they took over. Sounds like they took over the radio station. <laughs> yeah, and Re- we started playing. And this record's got to go. It's time for twenty four seven Lady Gaga right here on Radio Free Damascus in the morning, everybody. In the morning. I'm telling you, we could do that. We could do Radio Free Damascus. We should. Listen, we should do it. We we're probably getting more money <laughs> yeah. that way. Hey, everybody. Good morning, Damascus. How you doing? It's Crack Button Buzzkill. Hey, how about that scud rain last night? How, hey, Johnny. Johnny boy, tell me a little uh, in, the in the morning to you. Did you catch that rain of scuds last night? It was raining like cats and dogs. Oh. It's we are on a roll. Times, my friend, dark times. Oh, wait, a whoa, 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 wait, wait a minute. Who's that on the phone? Wait a minute. What, it's what, what, hold on a second. Hello, Bashar, Bashar. Oh, no. It's Bashar Assad on the phone. John, can you believe that? In the morning. He says, I'm going to rain some more scuds on you. <laughs> so, uh, uh, in the morning, Adam. Yes, in the morning to you, John C. Dvorak, and all of these ships at sea, boots on the ground, and human resources here in the great city of Damascus. Uh, good to have you on board, and hello, citizens in the chat room, noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. This is the show known as... The Best Podcast in the Universe. And why are we the best? Because somebody actually reads the congressional record. All yeah. the work that takes. Yeah, it's, and boy, it was so tiring to do. No, it, it, actually all it takes is a system. We have quite a system. Oh, by the way, the show notes... Uh, for those of you who have never used it, nashownotes.com, you can just uh, use the episode number 497.nashownotes.com. Now in the show notes section, there's like four tabs. You get the you know, credits, the player, the art, uh, the show notes, and then the clips and stuff. Under show notes, every single article we reference is not only uh, in that with full text, but we also have a printable backup version linked to under each story, and it's a print version, so all the ads are stripped out, but it has the rest of the HTML markup as a service, a free service to you, uh, courtesy of producer Dave Jones, of course, who was uh, making this system, uh, this river thingy cart so awesome. Yeah, it's amazing, actually. Uh, We do have some executive producers to thank for today's show, which is... Four nine seven, Very right? Good. Yep, four nine seven. And I've seen firsthand how much power the executive producers have on set. Very powerful. They get their own yeah. chair with their name on it. They have a chair with a name on it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I love the name on the chair. And 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 so and still I was, a flimsy wooden chair with a back that's made out of a cloth, though. Yeah, right? but it, yeah, but it comes. So with, you can take the name thing off and put a different one on there. Really yeah, easy. but it comes with a guy who opens it for you and puts it down, and they've got catered food while they're on set. Ooh, pigs in a blanket. I love the catered food. Pretty good. Yeah, pigs in a blanket. Um, pigs in a blanket. <laughs> yeah. How could you? How could you 
pre- use the same, say pretty good, and then follow that up with <laughs> pigs in a blanket. <laughs> I liked it. It was nice. And uh, and little petit fours, little, you know, rolled up salami it's things crap, with cheese. Yeah. And, Sounds lousy. Yeah. And, well, yeah, I guess it was. The guy was wearing blue gloves, though, so it made me feel hygienic. Yeah. Well, after they spit on it. <laughs> uh, these actors have to. Executive producer. This <laughs> here's your executive producer right here. Yep. Sandwich, Mister Jenkins. <laughs> not our executive producers, boy. Let me tell you, we do we do not spit on their food. No, because there are executive producers who produce. Yes, Massimo Cantaneo in Queensland, the town of Noosa. Um, three 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 three. Uh, I'd like to dedicate this no agenda damehood to my wife, uh, Suzanne. Oh, oh, so he's wow. got a dame another night here. He, uh, she enjoys the show as much as I do, which is a good thing. So, ladies first. Wow. So he's he's he he his donations are at knighthood level, but he is giving the, the first, knighthood first knighthood to his wife. Wow, that's I love. Think. So it's dame dame uh, Suzanne. That is real love, and he's needs touching. a. An ITM followed by a shot of karma. Absolutely. In the morning. You bet. You've got karma. Very nice, Massimo. Thank you. So now, I, I got a question because you know you sent out the newsletter, which got a lot of response. Um, as uh, you know, we have now expanded the empire, and we have all these different levels. Yeah. Uh, I believe we'll be talking about that later in the donation segment as we uh, some people go into barony. I think uh, the baron we have moves into... Uh, he goes right to the top. <laughs> straight to the top. He went straight to the top. He's now a grand duke. Grand duke. Somebody uh, pointed out to me that he's been, so, uh, in one of the emails, said that he is so well known as baron that he sh- might want to think about calling himself grand duke baron. Ooh, well, he he has the uh, the power to do that. Well, I I believe that all the dukes and there's there be there will be three categories of dukes: duke, archduke, and grand duke. I believe that there's they should be seen as like uh, army generals, and they can basically call themselves uh, whatever they want. Yes, and they can and make wear a, whatever they wear want. whatever they may make their own uniform. I like the uh, the request uh, someone sent is they thought you know it would be cool to hang a, a poster of a grand duke baron. Uh, Stephen von Pelsmachers, Stephen Pelsmachers, um, in his full regalia, in his uh, in their office. You know, we should have like an eighty by. You know, well, I've seen pictures of him. He does look a little like Henry the uh, Seventh, uh, <laughs> with the fur, the ermine around the uh, around the neck and the red. Uh, things, all his medals and stuff hanging. Is that Henry the Seventh or the Eighth? Well, Henry the Eighth is a horrible person. Yeah, so he was not a good guy. No, but uh, it would be uh, something like that, or I think if you really want to go overboard and really gaudy yourself up and make you look like a complete buffoon, you could look like General Petraeus yeah. with all those. <laughs> with the, and, and by the way, the new guy, the the the, the new uh, chief of staff. No, what's his name? The the little Irish guy. It's. Mm. It's always uh, looking for leprechauns in these days. He's the <laughs> Ron chief, Paul? joint chief. <laughs> the anyway, joint chief? He, oh, he's, the, yeah. he's the joint chief. Uh, he he's also wears a uh, a little name tag that's got his name on it, like Petraeus does. Oh, like, God, really? Guys, really? we know who you are. You don't need a hello, I'm. 
You're running the show and you got a little little name Bakelite name tag. That's so lame. All right, let's move onward. Sorry, I'm, that was a distraction. Wiley Willie. Uh, this is a, a Dutch name, I guess. Thorin Tonison. Let's. Uh, it's Vili. Vili. Tonison. 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 And he's from Grave. From Grave. Uh, which is, is a grave. He's from the grave. It's from the grave, yes, is what it says. <laughs> Thank you, Willie, for your... Uh, our fi- that's a special uh, uh, 31st of March, uh, which will be our 500th episode, special donation level. Three shows three away. Three. Is it three sh- You're right, three shows. Oh, my goodness. So you get he gets... Uh, so you, everyone uh, who either donates uh, 500 or 31313 receives uh, double credit. Yeah, they get another producer's credit on the show 500. Uh, Peter Chawuski in Kirkland, Washington. Uh, it says, Dr. Suzuki here. Hey, now. Birthday shout out to my brother from the same mother, Bartolo Suzuki. Uh, March 23rd, we have him down. He's uh, also 313.13. By the way, Vili uh, didn't leave a note anywhere. I looked and looked. Okay. Uh, Todd Brink as an associate Executive producer from New Berlin, Wisconsin. And my six-year-old daughter, Kelsey, and nine-year-old son, Holden, love mac and cheese. Kelsey asked if she should move move by John because she thinks he's probably the best mac and cheese. Makes the best <laughs> mac and cheese. <laughs> she really? Probably, she's right. I make a terrific mac and cheese, and we'll put it in one of the uh, newsletters, the recipe. Oh, good. Like, good. Good, 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 good. Mac and cheese. I mean, come on. Yeah, mac and cheese. Uh, First payment for knighthood, he says, and John White from Jackson, Tennessee. Is hold on, our- hold on. Can I just uh, do a little mac and cheese for the kids? I mean, they like oh, it yes. so much. Yeah. Living the mac and cheese life. Mac and cheese by Ayn Rand. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm sure the kids got a kick out of that. <laughs> Kelsey and Holden. John White, uh, Jackson, Tennessee, 233.7. Crack- by the way, we did the birthday call out for Hunter. And we did it right. Did- we did it right, okay. Yeah, we did it right. I, I guess. Yeah, no, I think. Haley. Apparently, Hunter, who was five, was rolling around in glee on the ground during oh, our right. entire fumbling, bumbling about his birthday. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. John White, Jackson, Tennessee. We have all these kids that listen to the show. It's just it's great. Strange. It's great. This is fantastic. No, yes. Better than them going to school. <laughs> John White, Jackson, Tennessee, 233.7. Uh, crackpot buzzkill last month. You gave me some karma for my medical practice. Last, I, one week later, I was offered a teaching position in our family medicine training program. Thanks. Wow. Oh, don't thank us. Thank the karma. I'm donating 0.01 more than last time for even better karma. Could I have a Kiki Jobs Karma combo? Thanks. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that was another kind of fun thing about our dinner last night. You know, when when the concept of karma comes up <laughs> with the scientist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I'm like, hey, you know, I, I, uh, my applied kinesiologist cured me of my allergies. <laughs> I thought his head was going to explode. Shut up already. It's science. Jobs, 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 and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. Yeah! You've got... Karma. There you go, John White. 
So yeah, I'm <clears> sure he would. I'm actually my head exploded when you <laughs> when you put put that one by me. Uh, anyway, want to thank all these executive producers for helping us on show four nine seven, and want to remind everybody we got three shows left before the five hundredth episode of No Agenda. It's an amazing uh, moment. Uh, I mean, how many people go that long with any of these? Anything actually? <laughs> and uh, reminds you to go to dvorak.org slash na channel dvorak.com slash na no agenda show dot com or no agenda nation dot com where you can find a donate button if you look around long enough. Yeah, and is the store back open? Does Eric have his things? Uh, his his, well, map, I his constitution the word things? that we should be pushing. <clears throat> okay, it yet. Well, I'm, I'm going to be quiet about it. But people should <clears throat> go to noagendanation.com and see what he's got. And also, th- it- go ahead. I'm just saying, you can go there and see. He'll keep you updated there on the site, I'm sure. And also, thank you very much, uh, Nick the Rat, for the artwork on episode four, nine, or six. Good work. Um, the uh, So we have the big 500 show coming up. All of the art can be seen at noagendaartgenerator.com. That's where you can contribute as well. Uh, there was a an episode 500 art that you're very angry about, John, that it's gone. The indie Was it the indie art? What was it? No, no, it was the Daytona 500 piece. Oh, oh. It was a... It was a mockery of the Daytona 500 NASCAR race, and it was an art piece that disappeared because I always had it as the one we were going to use. Mm. And then I go back to the art generator, and it's, it's gone. gone. It's gone. It's gone. So I maybe maybe one of our guys that run that site got a note from NASCAR. No. You know, that's our logo. No. You can't use that without permission. I, you know what I think happened? Apparently it's... someone saw something and said something. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Somebody saw something and said something. Say something. Say something. Dvorak.org slash N-A. That's right. It's a jingle bonanza here on the Good Morning Damascus Show. Go out, propagate our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. In the morning in Arabic to complete our. I don't have it. We've got French, German, Chinese, Spanish. Uh, We need a. Yeah, we need Arabic. Oh, by the way, hello, Drone Nation. Did you you hear the big news? This is uh, extremely big news. Uh, Two more uh, terrorists have been added to the Rewards for Justice program. And uh, these, again, are two Americans. Uh, Omar Shafiq Hamami, formerly of Alabama, and Jihad Sirwan Mustafa, formerly of California, are now each worth $5 million if uh, you can provide information that will lead to their arrest. Now, the thing that is uh, incredibly interesting is that uh, one of these two gentlemen, I believe the, uh, is it Shafiq Hamami, is also known as the rapping jihadi. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm not. Do we have a clip. Uh, yes, we do. Why? Uh, I'm, I thought so. I'm happy you request because here is Robert Production presenting all over the place. Blow by blow. This is it. Year by year. Yeah. Enjoy. living in fear. Hit me now. Night day by day. Mujahideen spreading all over the place. Month by month. 
Year by year, keeping them Kaffirs living in fear. It all started out in Afghanistan, when we wiped the oppressor straight off the land. The union crumbled, crumbled and tumbled, helmet left to mumble. What made a power for drawing cow? Land by land, P. Diddy, yes. Yep, I'll sign him on the spot. Can you believe that? I mean, the guy should be, they should up it to 10 million just to remove all this crap from YouTube. <laughs> it's terrible. So, you know, but I think what happened is they need to jazz it up a little bit. Because, uh, you know, the, it's kind of losing steam. No one really cares about, you know, American. You know, we already went through this. Amar al-Awlaki, oh, boring. The other guy didn't work out so well. But now they've got the rapping jihadi. So this should, you know, I can just see the meeting. Hey, we need to uh, kind of up the profile of American jihadists uh, so we can drone them overseas. Uh, but we need to, like, you know, get the, we have, need to reach a new audience. You got any ideas, John? Yeah, I think what we have to do is we got to hit the hip hop audience. So we got to hit them hard. <laughs> we got to hit them hard with something that's, you know, that, that something the kids go for. That's, you know, that, that, that hip hop thing. So I got an idea. Why don't we just dub him the rapping? Because I think rapping means hip hop. I don't know. I can't keep up with it. But, uh, the hip hop jihadi we will do. Oh, love it, love it, love it! Say that again. What did I just the hear you say? Hip hop jihadi. I love it. No wait, no, how about the yeah hip hop jihad? I'm liking this. Very good. Good. And work. then we uh, will we'll just record some stuff. We can do it ourselves. <laughs> I have a garage band. I mean, how hard can it be? <laughs> I've heard this crap. It stinks. I think my son uh, knows how to do that. He's got Garage Band. We can ask him to do it to lay down some tracks, some beats. And then we'll put it on YouTube. That's what they say these days. The kids they talk about laying down some beats. Yeah, they're gonna lay down some tracks and beats. No, I think it's beats, and then uh, they lay down beats. some beats, and we do a joint, yo. And when so what? When does it drop? JCD. <laughs> when do we drop this shit? Yeah, the shizzle. Yeah, but that's the meeting, ladies and gentlemen. That would be the meeting, yeah, something like that. <sighs> There'd probably be about five people in it, and two of them would be women. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? I don't know. I just threw it in. It just sounded good, yeah. Uh, um, uh, however, uh, uh, you know, uh, I just want to get back to uh, President Obama, because um, he did use a pretty good word. Um, it was a real shut-up slave moment. Did this air anywhere on television? Did people talk about this, or is this only us that saw this? It was. I didn't see it on television. Okay, I didn't at see all. it either. So um, here's the, here's a question uh, that that uh, got uh, that got an re- interesting response, and there was a follow up. Here we go from the White House press corps, Matt Spitalnik of Reuters. <coughs> yeah, the reason uh, spokeshole Carney says that is so that uh, both Obama and uh, Netanyahu can look down at their crib sheet to know what question is coming. Exactly. Um, But I think Reuters, you know, played a little bit off script on this one. Thank you. Um, There was some uh, friendly banter between you two gentlemen on the tarmac today about red lines, and I'm wondering how much of a serious matter that actually came in. He said already chuckling. (laughs) Red lines. Well, (laughs) your talks, and we'll be in the talks, your talks to come tonight. Uh, President Obama has said it will take Iran at least a year to build a bomb. That's months longer than Prime Minister believes. That's much longer than that fuse on that drawing you held up, Bibi. Uh, Mr. President, um, uh, are you asking the Prime Minister to be more patient, to hold off for at least a year on any kind of military action against Iran? Uh, Mr. Prime Minister, has President Obama's words, have they convinced you 
of, that he is uh, putting forth the credible military threat that you have repeatedly asked for, and uh, that, or that does he need to go further? So the basic question is uh, simple, and uh, I, I and it's it's kind of I edited the whole thing out because they basically no answer comes. But the question is, hey, uh, President Obama says. Looks like there's, um, you know, they're gonna have a uh, they're gonna have a bomb within a year. Uh, this is a lot shorter than that fuse you showed. Now, I I want to just intercept or interject really quickly what the president, our no, president. I think, I think he said it was longer. No, no, I want to play exactly what the president said because words do matter. And finally, we continued our close consultation on Iran. We agree that a nuclear armed Iran would be a threat to the region, a threat to the world, and potentially an existential threat to Israel. And we agree on our goal. We do not have... Hold on. We agree on our goal. What is the goal? What does everyone think the goal is? Everyone... Well, I think the goal is to find some bogus excuse so we can bomb the place. But then listen to what he... to the actual word he uses. We do not have a policy of containment when it comes to a nuclear Iran. Our policy is to prevent Iran from acquiring a nuclear weapon. Acquiring a nuclear weapon. This is new. No, I'm not. I'm not convinced of that. I think he's used this terminology before. Acquiring. They, in, nowhere in this entire meeting does he talk about building. It's only about acquiring a nuclear weapon. I I, I could be wrong, but I just wanted to point it out. Anyway, no, I, I, I know what you're, what you're saying, and I think it's interesting. Uh. Well, let's let, let's go back. Acquiring, of course, would in, would imply the buying, possibility buying. to buy one from yeah. Pakistan <laughs> yeah. or North Korea, who they're trying to. Uh, yeah, yeah. North yeah. Korea is the is the yeah. one operation they're trying to demonize. And yeah. in fact, I have just a, this is just a short clip. It's got nothing to do with this meeting, but it's just an example of the anything you can do to demonize. <laughs> I know. <laughs> let me guess. The hacker? <laughs> yeah, play, Several play major next. South Korean banks and broadcasters at a standstill today after their computer systems were paralyzed in what appears to be a cyber attack, possibly from North Korea. Oh. South Korean authorities are investigating the hack. No, I think I got oh, a, crap. I got a better clip. I got a better clip about that. L listen to this. It gets so much. This is the BBC who got the memo, and the memo is, okay, uh, we're shutting down the TV stations. We're going to turn off the ATNs, make it look like it's a hack. So you guys got to make it up. Now, do a good job, okay? You're, I know you're the BBC, but you don't, have, you don't have journalistic integrity. Screw them. Just make some crap up. Now, South Korea is currently investigating. Korea. Korea. <laughs> South she said Korea. She said the South Korea as opposed to my future career or my diarrhea. Now, South Korea is currently investigating a suspected cyber attack after the computer networks of several major organizations seem to have become paralyzed. paralyzed. Now, some of the country's biggest broadcasters and the banks are among those and who the say banks. their networks have been frozen. Frozen! The networks have been frozen! It's like they turned the code on to the water in the networks! It's, it's no, amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's yet of who or what. This is BBC News. What I could be responsible? What could be responsible? But let's go live now to the South Korean <laughs> capital, Seoul, and talk to Lucy. You get a Lucy signal in if they're down like that. No, the, the networks are unfrozen. Williamson. And uh, Lucy, tell us more about this. When did it happen? <laughs> Lucy, what bullcrap have you been told to say with a gun to your head? And how did people first observe that their systems had crashed? Oh, uh, the system crashed and I observed that the computer was not working again, as usual. Crap piece of shit. 
Oh, hello. We have a delay. It happened around 2 p.m. <laughs> local time, and it happened simultaneously, simultaneously across three of the country's biggest broadcasters. How many broadcasters are there? If this is the biggest, are there smaller ones that were not affected? Uh, yeah. It says KBS, NBC, and NBC. YTN. It also hit two banks, Shinan Bank and Nonjup Bank. Um, it didn't last for very long. Shinup at least got its, um, its systems back a couple of hours later. But the fact that it was a simultaneous Fact. attack, the fact that it took Fact. out all the staff computers, for example, at one of those broadcasters, um, is making people very suspicious about Fact. the fact that there may be a hacking attempt hacking behind attempt. it. Um, Maybe suspicious. The staff at some of those TV channels were saying that their computers simply crashed at 2pm and when they tried to get back online, the computers wouldn't respond. And there have been some uh. unconfirmed reports uh. that uh, some people saw skulls and messages <laughs> Perhaps from a hacking um, organization appear on those screens, but as skulls, John. There were skulls. skulls on the screen. They could. They, they were. They, everything froze. They wouldn't work, and we couldn't bring them back up because there were skulls on the screen. I say that last bit of information is unconfirmed as yet. Unconfirmed and skulls on the screen. Given the uh, the state of relations with the North, which are particularly bad at the moment, perhaps uh, inevitable then that, that uh, North Korea is being seen as the possible culprit. Possible culprit? Could it be? So, let's, so, so does anybody on this report, by the way, which is a clip of the day, uh, candidate. <laughs> candidate, 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 yeah. Uh, is, is anybody there asking a simple question is, it's curious that North Korea, which have probably the lowest number of computers per capita, no internet connectivity to speak of except for maybe a few government officials. <laughs> Somehow, in this in, in this dark ages of computerdom, in, in this backward country, that they would be able to create a, a, a melee, a computer network mess. They like fro this. they, they froze the computers. Russia, for example, can't do it. This is unbelievable to me. Um. Well, yes. This is why I clipped this because I'm listening to this report. And, I mean, you know, North Korea is so backwards in their computing. If you ever go there, you, they'll be like, oh, my God, there's the guy from the DOS telecommunications book. They'll exactly. Be, You're a superhero in North Korea. Now, this would be like, I mean, it's unbelievable that this report, wh wh why don't they suggest anybody? Why don't they suggest, if it was me, I would ask the question, maybe it's some local hacker who made the mistake of releasing it to his, you know, neighbors. And well, well first of all, we're, we now have to assume that the only way this could really happen, and I, unless South Korea still runs on Windows 95, could be, uh, or no. NT 3.1, where you had, remember the blue screen of death, we could basically send um, a packet they, ping. They're pretty advanced. and Yeah, of course they are. But I'm just saying, that that's about the only thing I could imagine. And then to actually have, to do this via the network, have a skull appear on the screen... Um, this had would have to be a virus. This would have to be a distributed virus that was timed to go certain off at a certain moment. But there's no talk of the virus. This is a hack, hack, hack attack. Uh, and uh, just listen to the the rest this of the just this kind of thing is BBC News, John. Me. BBC News. Here we go. 
Speculation is certainly focused in that direction at the moment. The investigation is, of course, in its very early stages, and so no one's really coming out and saying oh. whether they believe there was foul play here or not, foul or, play. or where it might have come from. But certainly in the wider public, the wider society here, uh, North Korea is the focus of that speculation. Yeah. It's, it's believed to have been behind some major hacking successes here in the past, accessing both government websites, financial websites. Big deal! I mean, to access a website... Excuse me. Oh, they accessed a website? I just accessed a website. Holy <laughs> Actually accessed a website. Accessed a website that was meant to, I don't know, serve information to my web browser. North Koreans have got the ability to, to somehow <laughs> type in a URL no! and turn key to access a website. Stop. Unbelievable, these North Koreans. I got to call Uncle Don about this right now. Oh, yeah. He's, he's at risk. <laughs> uh, a major newspaper here. And, of course, tensions are particularly high on the peninsula at the moment. So, yes, yeah. many people are beginning to speculate that that's, that's a potential source of this disruption. Fact! Yes. Speculate. Alleged. A skull. <laughs> skull. A skull. Like skull. Yeah, although I'm not sure that actually happened. So, anyway, long story. Now we're back around. My God, where were we? We're back to... Obama and Bibi Netanyahu, uh, ignoring the question about uh, the time difference, uh, the acquisition of the uh, uh, of a, a nuclear nuclear device by Iran, um, and versus the uh, the ticking time bomb with a fuse about to explode that the Prime Minister of uh, Israel held up in the United Nations. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that was, that is, of course, the farce That was here. the low point of, of uh, PowerPoint presentations. <laughs> even though it, was a, it was a printed board that was written out with a Sharpie. It wasn't even done professionally. <laughs> no color. I mean, there was no sparks. It was very, very poor. It was Wiley I Coyote Beta 0.9. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Why don't you go take, take a first well, swing at this? First of all, I'm... So he literally just... So the president says, hey, and he looks at BB. So why don't you take... And he hands it to him. Yeah. It's funny the way he yeah. did that. Because yeah. when I saw that question, I said, well, he's going to answer no. No. He, 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 he shifted. He moved quickly And used a golfing term uh, or a baseball term, depending on which one you want. He said, why don't you take a swing at this? I guess that would be a... A, um, For him, it would be golfing golf, because golfing. he can't even throw a baseball. So let's get right to the... You know, there, there are so many strips of different colors on the tarmac that we... <laughs> we had a... We did have a, a joke about that, but obviously this matter is no joke. So they had a joke. Apparently the writers came in, but I guess they tossed it out. They had a joke about the, the tarmac and the red lines and... How will be crossed? But the writers, you know, they just didn't come through, so they didn't like it, so they tossed it out. But BB makes the biggest mistake you can make as a stand-up comedian, which is to say you had a joke which was funny, but you tossed yeah, it, it out. Yeah, it was hilarious. This joke I almost told, and I'm not going to tell you the joke. Very, very unprofessional. It's, yes, it relates I... to our very uh, existence and to something also that the president correctly identifies as a grave strategic threat. Uh, to the United States and to the peace and security of the world. 
I'm absolutely convinced that so the president blah, 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 is blah, determined blah, blah, to And now, now we're going to cut. So he goes, he drones on, uh, and then he hands it back to Obama, who drones I on. something that he said. Hold on. Uh, which yeah. I mentioned in my opening remarks, uh, that the Jewish people have come back to their own country to the be the masters of their own fate. Right. All right. Cut to Obama. Uh, indicates uh, that uh, in the world, world. So this is now five minutes after the question, which is yeah, that's unbelievable. just answer the question. Well, like, Obama just basically does uh, filibustering by just being slow talking. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here it comes. Or, 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 or a play on words on, on what Ronald Reagan said. We can't even t trust yet, much less verify. Um, but we do have to test. Test. Uh, the proposition that this can be resolved diplomatically. Uh, and if it can't, then I've repeated to Bibi what I've said publicly, and that is, is that we will leave all options on the table in resolving it. Your assessment. So here he's he, basically the question is asked once again. Yeah, but is it going to be a year or not? One Israel, and then oh, done. Welcome, Mr. President. So they basically shut him up and like go away, and he's not. And so the question was not not only not answered after it was asked the first time, but the second time they turned the guy's mic off and shut him up. At which point. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, yeah, Todd. At Todd. NBC. Todd. Uh, Todd Chip. Todd Chuck. Chip. Chip Chuck. Chip, Chuck Chip. You don't know what his name. Is. Whatever Chip, the case. Yeah, Chip, he comes Chuck. in and re re asks the question, the second, the follow up to the other guy, and says he did so, and then Obama makes a huge joke out of the whole. I want to follow up a little bit in the peace process. You began your term, your first term, big fanfare, the Cairo speech to talk to the Muslim world. The, uh, the decision to have a Middle East envoy early, you said you weren't going to let this slip to your second term. We're in your second term with the Mideast peace process. What went wrong? Why are we further away from a two-state solution? I know you said you want to talk more about this tomorrow, but I am curious to, what do you believe went wrong? Did you push Israel too hard? What do you... What do you wish you would have done differently? And, Mr. Prime Minister, I want to uh, help out my colleague over here uh, on the follow-up that he had, which had to do with, do you accept uh, the president's uh, understanding that Iran is a year away when it comes to nuclear weapons? And then uh, a question, another question I have for you is, why do you <laughs> Chuck, believe... Chuck, how many you got? <laughs> do you guys um, do this in the Israeli press? You, you, you say you get one question, and then you ask, well, like, I'm five. Him, but I'm with him. Hey, 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 who are you, a-hole? A hole? Are you? Do you guys have a holes here, like Chuck Chippery? This is crazy. You get one question, one not question, five. He's not five. He's asked two questions so yeah. far. He's oh, and by story. the way, let me point out Miss Goody Goody Two Shoes over here. Well, you see how the young lady from Channel One? She had one question. That's right, and she's sexy too. It was, she was very well behaved, Chuck. Very well behaved. Very well behaved. She's very. I like that line. That's the most. She's well behaved. Well behaved. Good slavelet, very good. That one for you. <laughs> These are uh, Talmudic questions. Uh, Talmudic questions. Okay, BB's going to throw some some religious humor. <laughs> I missed that. I missed that. Oh, that. oh wait, but Talmudic. Talmudic. Unbelievable. But again, but now, so the Talmudic thing is like, but then he bombs on his next line. Uh, well, I thought I had four questions. Reiterations. Passover, yeah. Passover starts in a, in a couple days. I get four questions. <laughs> uh, hey, it, look up. <laughs> This is not a kosher question, but don't hog it. No. Oh. oh, boo. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I guess I'll anyway, I, think, I think it's enough of this. 
uh, well, I, I just wanted to hear the word that uh, the, the president used. It's 20 seconds. question to you was going to be, why do you believe the Israeli people have not embraced President Obama the same way they embraced our last two U.S. presidents? Thank you. Oh, so you had to get a polling question in there right at the end. <laughs> Chuck, I mean, you're just incorrigible. There it is. Incorrigible, John. Uh, what does incorrigible mean? It means a juvenile delinquent. That's right. It means you are an a-hole who does not behave in class. You cannot be corrected, so you will have to go to the correction center. Um, now, of course, the most important meeting is you taking... You won't get called on for a while. No, no. The most important you meeting... You penalty box. You won't, we won't see... Uh, Chip. Chip, Chuck. Chip. Chip, Chip, Todd. Chip is the other guy. Chad, Chad, Todd... Todd, 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 what's Todd his name? Chuck. Um, his name. So um, the most important meeting the president will have in Israel is taking place today. Uh, do you know what this meeting is? This is uh, no, I, I did. In fact, uh, Todd, I think mentioned. I it. bet you don't know at all about this meeting. Well, that could be. But, oh, it's just the one where he's going up to. Uh, he's leaving and going someplace else. Yeah, that's the one. On yeah. Wednesday, Barack Obama is arriving in Israel, and among all the high-ranking government officials he's going to be introduced to is going to be a 21-year-old girl from Netanya who was personally invited by the president. We, of course, are talking about the most beautiful woman in Israel for 2013, Miss Israel Titi Ayanawa. Titi Ayanawa! Chuck Todd. Chuck Todd. Chuck Todd. The president uh, requested a meeting with Miss Israel. Uh, let me get this straight. Our president, mm -hmm. who's got better things to do than carouse with beauty contests. And by the way, she's what black. What does he think? Did, does does he think she's Donald Trump? Listen, she is, she's black. She's not not born in Israel. She's uh, an immigrant. No, she's black, so he's beautiful. What's her name again? Let's Titi. Let look at her. Titi. Titi, just Miss Israel Titi. We caught up with her in this exclusive Jane One interview about how it feels to get ready to meet her biggest role model. It's hard to believe that less than a month ago, no one knew who Titi was. Like a meteor, the newly crowned Miss Israel has become a huge celebrity not only in her native Israel, but internationally as well. It's not her native Israel. That's the thing. I, I'm, where is she from? Will you it's find it? Interesting. Huh? She is. A, she's a gorgeous. Yeah. To say the least, she looks a little bit like one of his, I mean, uh, vaguely like one of his daughters, actually, which is kind of sick if you think about it. Very twisted. But uh, this is very suspicious. <laughs> oh, really? I thought I had, the, it was my turn to wear the tinfoil hat. What are you talking about, very suspicious? There's no reason for this meeting that that, that makes any sense unless it's some sort of a... Uh, well, it's a PR thing for something. Maybe she's the target. Maybe she's going to get hit. No. No. Hmm. So what's the deal with her? What's what's the background on her? I'm trying she's to from, find oh, she's, out. She's an Ethiopian Jew. She's an Ethiopian Jew. It says well, right here. Of course, Ethiopian old. Jew wins Miss Israel contest. She's huh. from Ethiopia. Oh, she's beautiful. Oh. Yeah, she's a very good looking woman. But so why does he, this is ridiculous that he's doing this. Huh? Unless Barack there's something going on. Obama has heard about her and decided Obama. that he wants to meet her. I'm very nervous to meet him. He's a president of USA. He's a huge man. and uh... <laughs> That's the reason. Hey, yo. <laughs> he's a huge man. That's he's why. a huge man. <laughs>
<laughs> Meanwhile, back at home, the little the little children of America are angry at the president. They the They're so sequester. angry. They're so angry. Jakiah Sellers, like the rest of her classmates, held fundraisers to come up with a three hundred dollars each of them needed for the trip. Do you understand what's going on here? I mean, yes. why this is happening? Yes, because Obama don't want nobody to see his beautiful house. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> that's on CNN. <laughs> They're out to get him. Yeah. That's... Well, if they wanted to really embarrass him, they'd play this Miss Israel thing up a little more. Yeah. In fact, here's the headline of Ynet News. I think it's uh, from Israel itself. Uh and the headline is Miss Israel prepares for Obama date. Oh, hey now. And Michelle, is Michelle along for the ride? I don't think she's along for the ride, is she? She's going to be. She's going to be pissed off. Yeah, there's going to be hell to pay when she uh, finds out what's going on. This is not good. Not good. You know, I'm only going to be a president for a few more years, and after that, I'm dumping my wife. Why should Bill get all the goods? Yeah, why should Bill have all the fun? It's always the white guy who gets <laughs> Although, you know, honestly. I heard you Ethiopian girls are hungry all the time. <laughs> God. That's the show opener, ladies and gentlemen. Let me just ping the time 118. Okay. <laughs> I hear you Ethiopian girls are <laughs> Hungry all the time. That's real. That's really good, John. That's, that's really, really. Good. I uh, should be slapped. Yeah. So anyway, uh, are we are we done with this this this? I am done. Yeah. I'm. Well, come on. I think the whole reason for this junket is to meet this chick. Seems to me. <laughs> I'm very like, skeptical. It's like why? Oh, I gotta go. What? I gotta go talk to that BB, that nut job who was over here. I don't even here. like that guy. Don't, I hate that guy. We all know. It's like, and Valerie Jarrett's like, okay, look. I know what we can do. Hey, look at this Ethiopian chick. <laughs> I have kind of a... You know, she, 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 lived, she lived in the country you know, next door to where you were born. <laughs> <laughs> Just up the road. Just up the road from you. <laughs> She's your people. <laughs> oh, God. And this, by the way, is the entire reason why commercials will not work on the, this uh, program, the best podcast in the yeah, universe. Yes, so we have to remind people. Yeah. We, we, we make... Uh, we have we have our, our way of uh, saying things. It's yeah, not and, and acceptable it's, to the mainstream. It's actually not acceptable to a lot of people. To a lot of our listeners, as a matter of fact. <laughs> um, and let me give an example. I was going to save this for a donation, but I, I can do it early since we're talking about it. This is uh, someone sent this to me. I think it's from oh, it's from Illinois, I believe, a radio station. And the guy is doing a news report about these about the ag gag. You've heard about the ag gags. So, uh, I don't know anything about the egg gags. You don't know about the egg gags? No, I don't know about the egg gags. Oh, well, l let me uh, play you a little thing about the egg gags, and then you'll understand. So the story, uh, hold on, here it is. Uh, this is uh, from, uh, I think, Russia Today. Just a little bit to give you some background on the egg gag. Called ag gag laws ag have been proposed. Ag gag, sorry, it's ag gag laws. Six states have already passed them. These laws would make it illegal to take photographs or record uh, video in farming operations. Ag-Ag laws prevent independent groups from conducting investigations into issues or exposing potential illegality. Now, you remember what these are, right? So it's uh, outlawing the, the possession and use of a clandestine camera anywhere near uh, a farm, essentially, so that you can't go into the chicken coop what shack. Are we, Russia? Yeah, yeah. And why, what's the problem? Why would the, any law, such law, be passed? Uh, well, because uh, the, obviously there's there's gambling going on in there. 
Or something. We're mistreating the animals, and, and, and it's not even that. It's, you look at the package, and you see the happy, smiling cow, and then you see the cow with the big port, with <laughs> like the feed port jammed into his side that can't stand on its own two legs, and it makes you not want to buy meat. So this is a problem. So the ag gag comes up in a news story on a station, and these are two guys like, a, hey, everybody, I think it might be a morning show or afternoon show. It's a talk, uh, talk radio station. And one guy just jumps in to stop the story, but he kind of makes it worse. Boeing, however, is not alone. The meat and poultry industry, they have some money to buy their own way as well. So there's an undercover video comes out and shows uh, cows struggling to stand as they're prodded to the slaughterhouse via forklifts. The point of this being, those cows later, because they were diseased, led to a big beef recall. Also, the same thing happened in the poultry industry. So what have they decided to do in about eight different states? They want to make it illegal to take photographs at farming operations. Long and short of it is this. Hey, uh... The meat industry spends a lot of money uh, here with us, so it's not that you're reporting abuses. It's that these abuses lead to recalls. So what we'll do is just say, you can't take pictures of it and just deal with it yourself. (laughs) Yeah, I think the hotline went, like, shut up. And he actually says... One guy, that one guy, play the beginning again, that that one of the two guys, that guy sounds enough like Obama naturally. Oh, really? That may, if you think about it, that may be your... You know, you always need some insight into an If you're going to mimic somebody, that's hard to mimic, like Obama. Yeah. But even though you have part of it, but this guy Hello, sounds everybody. like. A, play. Just listen for Obama when you hear this, just the beginning, a few uh, ten seconds. Play. Boeing, however, is not alone. The meat yeah, and poultry industry—they have some money to buy their own way as well. Uh, it's a little, a little over the top, but it, I, I hear what you're saying. Hi, everybody. I'm coming to you from Israel, where I'm about to make TT. Uh, yeah, yeah, TD yeah. uh, is from Ethiopia. TD is asking, well, she's well, well behaved. You might be able to get it eventually. By the time by the time Hillary's in uh, in office, yeah, nailed it. I, so, Rhonda, uh, I got a ran into an interesting clip, and I want to talk to you about this because this I, when you guys started talking about this, uh, I I thought I thought to myself, this is interesting because I. Not to mention it, we are walking around with uh, little radio uh, receivers and transmitters with us all the time. Yeah, our phones. Uh, as opposed to our – it's yeah. And play commotion networks, and I just want – there's a three-parter here. That these clips are a little long because it's no, on democracy now and they let them good. talk too much. That's good. But, I want, but there's there's – we'll play these clips for a while, and then I got the kicker, which I go, oh, this is real interesting. By shutting down the internet. Well, this week the software he helped launch um, will launch here in the United States. It's called Commotion Wireless. You can download the program on your cell phone or laptop computer in order to create what's called a mesh network that allows you to share internet access with other devices on the network. It's this so-called peer-to-peer communication can also challenge the centralized business model and control of internet service providers. To talk more about CommotionWireless.net and its implications for participatory democracy here in the U.S. and around the world. We're joined by Sasha Meinrath, director of the New America Foundation's Open Technology Institute. He's also speaking today here at the Freedom to Connect conference. Welcome to Democracy Now! So what is it that you are releasing? So what we're releasing is software 
that repurposes available hardware, cell phones, laptops, etc., to allow them to communicate directly with one another. So in addition to needing cell phone unlocking, we really want these technologies to be liberated in the same way that our personal computers can connect to, say, a network inside your home or office. We want to expand that to encompass an entire community, a neighborhood, even an entire... So explain exactly how it works. So you download software onto these devices, and in the same way that you connect to, say, a Wi-Fi access point or hotspot, they can communicate with one another. So imagine a spider web of connectivity whereby communications can happen over large distances and across a lot of different devices. Okay. Oh, hold on, hold on. Um, I already don't trust it. <laughs> well, well, it gets better. Okay. I, yeah, no, I don't trust it either, but and, and the, there's a couple of issues they never bring up. One of them is that the, light, that the frequencies used by a cell phone are licensed frequencies. They're not like Wi-Fi which is a public domain frequency, well, both but, the 5 but, megahertz but, but, and the 2.3, or gigahertz. But, 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 but. He's, I believe, looking at the website, commotionwireless.net, they're talking about activating the Wi-Fi a portion of your phone, not the, um, or, and perhaps even Bluetooth, not the actual uh, cell, cell network part. Uh, I Am looked I wrong? at that website, and by the way, if you go go to the bottom of it and click on download, you'll get a, a web a page. <laughs> you'll get a, you'll get a skull on your screen if you click on download. Yeah. No, you hit that download thing at the very bottom, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it, then it brings up a screen with a bunch of warnings. It doesn't do this. It doesn't do that. You can't. You're not secure. All the stuff that he's not saying. Uh, on the let show. me tell you. Cannot hide your identity. Does not prevent monitoring of internet traffic. Does not provide strong security against monitoring over the mesh. Can be jammed with radio data interference. So, but anyway, but it's still, but it's, it's it's still intriguing, mm-hmm. and I, I like yeah. the idea. And so, so, play part two, and then we'll kind of get to the uh, the real what's real interesting about this. How do you uh, on, how do you launch this? You're just putting it on your website. Sure. Well, we've been developing these technologies for about a dozen years now, all oh. open source, freely available, and we're making them available freely via the project website, as well as via any other means for transporting software. So any cell phone, any laptop that has the software can be used to virally update other devices and spread the communication. So we're talking phones, computers. Mm-hmm. Now talk about how this all derived. So Go back in time. So the background for this project is back a dozen years ago, before a decade before Occupy. There was a, another global justice uprising within the United Tell States. Tell us what it is. Large-scale protests spanning a Tell number us what of it is. cities. <laughs> uh, you covered it quite well here on Democracy Now. Well, then, then tell and us what it is. During those protests, it became very clear that surveillance, monitoring of communications here in the United States was pretty heavily undertaken by law enforcement. And a lot of us came up with the notion that we, what we really needed was a secure mechanism for communicating here in the U.S. Uh, that would not be surveilled and monitored. And that was the genesis of the project. It is now, okay. in many so ways, global. Now, this is, uh, is this a sanctioned by the State Department? Is John F. Kerry in charge of this? What's going on? This is... Uh... Play clip three. 
So first, it's activists challenging the state, and then the State Department funds what they have developed and funds the project that you were involved with for dissidents overseas. Correct. So they see the, the functioning of this technology being incredibly useful for spreading participatory democracy around the globe. And their focus is very much on how do we accelerate the development that's been happening now worldwide for the past dozen years. So explain how it's used in places like Egypt and what does it mean, Internet oh. in a suitcase? I was going to say, I didn't want to interrupt your clip. I was going to say internet in a suitcase and boom. Being able to still communicate, use yep, your cell phones to suitcase. make phone calls locally, even if the cell towers are off, is really paramount. That use case is something that the technology actually helps solve. So in an Egyptian sort of scenario, if you're in Tahrir Square, you would still be able to communicate. You would still be able to make phone calls. You'd still be able to send text messages. In essence, you'd still be able to organize and share information in real time across the local folks that are there. Yeah, we get it. Anything else at the, the last 15 seconds here? No, no, you can no. skip it. Um, the, so, uh, well, f good, good work. Good work. It was apparently WTO protests. Yeah. A bunch of guys got together and said, this sucks because they've been listening in and they knew everything we were going to do, and they arrested Bill. And so <laughs> then they came up and had a meeting and said, you know what we can do? I got some ideas, man. We got like these, you know, the phone does have a radio in it. <laughs> and so they, they started working on it, and then they got obviously got nowhere. No funding, the, no funding. Sequoia passed, along. Kleiner passed, everybody passed on it. Yeah. So the State Department comes along. They turn the whole thing over to the NSA. And the next thing you know, uh, they got this thing, and now you can download a okay. very complicated. It only works on an Android if you first you got to crack the Android. Yeah, you got to root it. You one, have to root it. Yeah. Then you got to root it, yeah. and it's like this is impractical. <laughs> and you'd have to have like a, a critical mass of people to make it useful because you can't have a mesh network with two people. It's just. So a, I'm also a, thinking now that I'm <clears throat> this is the internet in the suitcase. That crap ain't working over there. No one's using this. I don't. I don't even believe it's in anyone installed it in Egypt. They all went like, oh, "What? I can't get it through Android Play." I have to, <laughs> I'm not interested in that. Root their, their phone. I gotta root my phone. <clears throat> Techie nerds is ridiculous. And yeah. I, I thought it was a really interesting idea, and I think there's still some potential for an illegal. It would have to to do it right. You'd use the cell phone uh, frequencies. Yeah, uh, right. Not, they just assume there's no towers, and the cell phones would just talk to each other, which is doable, uh, in, but you would have to rig the phone to do it. It would be yeah. a nice little two-way communication. This, this whole thing is so stupid. When you have the Prepper radio series, you've got the Prepper SDR, you know. In, in, yeah, no, I agree. In, in, I mean, this is... By these little uh, bow fingers that we have. <laughs> bow finger. Bow finger. Do, do, do. They Sorry? They're cheaper than a phone and they have better. Cheaper? They're know, like 35 they're, bucks. It costs nothing. <laughs> cheaper and they're better. My goodness. But so why don't they go in that direction instead of this? This sounds. This whole thing is just like a misdirection. Instead of getting people involved in ham radio and things Thank like that. Thank you. Thank you. Ham radio is where it's at, people. Let me tell you that right now. That's where it's at. I think it is. I'm also so you know I'm 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 so well. We'll talk about it another time. But anyway, I'm very excited because you know I'm getting these things into production, man. Yeah, I know your your device. Yeah, well, I have I have a whole line. I have a whole line of devices now. I just went nuts on it. 
<laughs> so there's also Prepper CW. This one. This is the one for you. This is the one you're gonna. I'm gonna gift you the first version. Does Prepper CW? Yeah. Prepper CW. Yeah. Prepper CW uh, is uh, it's is beautiful. Do you know that you know uh, an aga in uh, in the UK? We've talked about this, right? The the British stove, the aga. Yeah, that's the stove that you like. Yeah. It's so, not a UK stove. It's from Sweden, if right. I'm not mistaken. But they use it in the UK. So you, you know the red aga, you know that metal that it's made of and that finish that it has? Yeah, it's enameled finish and it's made out of... Uh, that's uh, that's that's what the Prepper CW is going to be made of. It's going to be made out of pot metal or whatever yeah, that is? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be indestructible. <laughs> God. Yeah. What yeah. foundries around that can make that around here? Well, it's China. Get me some radioactive China metal. Yeah, make sure to check with the Geiger counter. Yeah. And it comes over. Hey, let's so try have, it. Oh, yes, please. I have one. I got one segment of Drunk or Not Drunk. We oh, fantastic. A while. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And so I want you to hit the buzzer. We, need, have, we, need, we need a jingle for this. I know. We do need Drunk or Not Drunk. <laughs> and this is L. Franken uh, in the Senate. I... I as, as, as Senator Durbin. Yeah, drunk. <laughs> I said I'm chairman of, of uh, the uh, subcommittee on privacy technology and the law, and this sort of seems like it could have been, um, this hearing could have been held in, in that, that subcommittee. I'm glad we did it as, as the uh, whole. No, 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 I'm taking it back. I don't, at, at, at this point, I don't think he's drunk. Let's hear the rest. Committee. Um, this is a perfect example of why uh, I believe there is, I would characterize the Constitution as a living Constitution. Uh, Whoa. You mean like we can just change it willy-nilly, like a will? Founders, I think it would be fair to say, probably didn't anticipate this. Uh, they didn't anticipate the, the, the phone. And that's why uh, at a certain point, uh, we had to decide whether phone taps were a violation of the Fourth Amendment. Okay, I take it back. He's not drunk. He's high, clearly. And that had that really came down to people's expectation of privacy. And that's kind of a big part of what we're talking about here today. Uh, and then he pukes all over himself. Drunk. Yeah, drunk. I think he's drunk. I, I'm convinced of it. I may, but maybe high. I think high. High. Maybe. Yeah, I think high. I think high. Well, no, I don't think so. I think he's, because you're in Washington, D.C., you get a lot of drinks. People are drinking yeah, and meeting and drinking true. and drinking and drinking. But So I do have one more clip from him. It's not from him. It's it's about drones. This was a, this was a uh, I guess, one of the senators put this hearing together and it ended up with everybody saying two bits and leaving so that so he is there by himself literally <laughs> in this big hearing room yeah. and he's the one guy seated and he's trying to finish his meeting but the, but there was a couple of good little bits in the smaller drones coming uh, clip think of drones or the big predator drones which are being operated in the united states but we also have the the ones that you see on the desk in front of you all the way down to there are now drones the size of a hummingbird being developed and <sighs> micro drones and drones even smaller so the technology um is increasing at an exponentially rapid rate and as we move forward we're just going to see the capabilities of these devices increase um, before we go any further with this clip, I just had a new product idea. I want to throw it out there. I know we've changed the first to file, but I'll be filing this patent. We need a 
a, a hand-carried EMP weapon. And I'm sh- I'm pretty sure it can be done. So, you know, you have like, because with, with these small drones, uh, it's not the drone itself. It's their ability to swarm that is going to be frightening. That's when, you know, when you can get 5,000 of them all... And then, then these little drones turn into one big drone. That seriously, that's the swarming that's dangerous. We need to have a handheld because you know they can't be you know in flying in Faraday cages. You have to have an EMP device. What, to, what we just we have to have the right frequency and just just fry the crap out of them. This would yeah. be. This would, I'm telling you, this would be a hit. People would buy this. Well, I would have one. Yeah, wants a bunch of five thousand little drones coming at me, and he's like, just fry all the transistors. What do you? What is the mechanism that uh, that you can create an EMP like uh, effect with? Uh, an atomic bomb. Oh, okay. Well, maybe we'll kind of the drawback. The, oh, that is yeah. Right. So presumably, at some point, you could have one the size of a um, mosquito. Oh. has a battery that operates for weeks. Oh, what an asshole. Have a mosquito following you around and not be No, it's the swarming idiot. Aware of it. There are already images online of a mosquito drone being developed by the National Security Agency um, and them trying to figure out what technology they can put on it to make small enough to put on it. Yeah. God help us if an, uh, an adolescent boy gets a hold of one of those. <laughs> He's looking at her tits going, I'm so fucking drunk. drunk. Drunk I'm so so drunk right now. Oh, boy, I'd love to have a mosquito flying in your boobs. Um, You know, I don't know what that meant, by the way. Yay, naturally. All right, now, before we get into our uh, little thank you segment here, I want to uh, take us back in time. Um, do I have the, um, where's the harp? I looked for that the other day, didn't I? I couldn't find the, the harp. You're, you lost the harp. I don't understand. I, I had like a harp sound, like a... Ring. No, like a... Yeah, it flash, maybe it's... Maybe it's oh, that, yeah. oh, here it is. Yes, okay. Let's go back in time to the episode we had on Sunday where you played this commercial. This day calls you. To fight chronic osteoarthritis pain. Now, do you recall what this commercial was for? Yeah, it was for uh, Microsoft, I think. (laughs) To fight chronic low back pain. To take action. To take the next step. Today, you will know you did something for your pain. Cymbalta can help. Okay, so uh, we we played the whole commercial about Cymbalta. Now, come back into the future with me for a second here. Uh, We got a a note from one of our producers, uh, Aaron. And... uh, he says, um, I'm just in the middle of listening to the March 17th No Agenda show, and I heard you and John talking about Cymbalta. I was put on Cymbalta a few, few years ago for pain that comes from being hit by a car while walking across the street back in 02. And I figured, I need to share this note, John, because he can tell us about uh, Cymbalta. Do you recall the uh, side effects of uh, Cymbalta? All kinds of stuff. Let's listen to the uh, to the commercial and see if we can sure, get the... Uh, Cymbalta yeah. is a pain reliever, FDA approved to manage chronic musculoskeletal pain. One non-narcotic pill a day, every day, can help reduce this pain. Tell your doctor right away if your mood worsens, you have unusual changes in mood or behavior. Or- okay, so the, these are not really disclaiming it, but you should call your doctor if you have unusual changes in behavior. Thoughts of suicide. Thoughts of suicide. can increase these in children, teens, and young adults. Okay. Cymbalta is not for children under 18. Okay. People take actually try to 
call their doctor anymore? I don't know. Is the nasolid or thyridazine or with uncontrolled glaucoma should not take Cymbalta. Taking it with NSAID pain relievers, aspirin, or blood thinners That's may a lot increase to remember. risk. Severe liver problems, some fatal were reported. Signs include abdominal pain and yellowing skin or eyes. Okay. Tell your doctor about all your medicines, including those for migraine. And while on Cymbalta, call right away if you have high fever, confusion, and stiff muscles. Confusion. Or serious allergic skin reactions like blisters, peeling rash, hives, or mouth sores to address possible life-threatening conditions. Talk about your alcohol use, liver disease, and before you reduce or stop Cymbalta. Dizziness or fainting may occur upon standing. Take the next step. Talk to your doctor. Cymbalta can help. Okay. So that's the commercial. Here, ladies and gentlemen, some actual side effects of Cymbalta, as witnessed by a No Agenda producer. As we said, Aaron was put on Cymbalta a few years ago for pain that comes from being hit by a car while walking across the street back in 02. So it's, it was prescribed to him as a pain reliever, uh, which is a new use for Cymbalta. It's a new patent for them. Um, good. Uh, he said, it didn't seem to do anything for my pain, but I did notice that after 30 days or so, it supposedly takes to kick in, I started feeling incredibly sad all the time. And, cr- and crying for no reason. It was insane. What was worse, however, was that I blacked out once because of it and started, according to my girlfriend at the time, running around the house smashing things. Then I fell on the floor out cold. She told me when, I, when she asked me what I took when I dropped to the floor, and apparently I said, werewolves and vampires. Oh, God. How awesome is that? I think this is another one you should test. <laughs> See, what did you take? And he said, werewolves and vampires. I, I'm i on board with this. Uh, so let me know. Because uh, <laughs> I, <wonder> if you, <laughs> I wonder if you can mix it up with some Hal doll and really have a party. Uh, wow. Yeah, that's pretty good. That takes a month, though, to get to that point. So Yeah. Well, you know, persistence. Persistence always pays off. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. <laughs> In the morning. Yes, we do have some uh, helpers, some producers who came in with some donations, and we're going to name them. Uh, and there's a couple of notes. I'm going to... Uh, Oh, actually, I'm going to let's first uh, thank uh, Peter Popbuzinski in Bayshore, New York, um, of 195.30. And then an anonymous donor from Los Angeles of $150 has a note that I have to discuss because I think it's a great idea. He says, or she, he or she, I can't say which. Um, it's anonymous. I would like to offer some advice to fellow listeners in addition to supporting the show. John sometimes complains about grocery store rewards cards that track what you buy and could potentially be used for insurance purposes in the future. Most membership cards are tied to a phone number. So if you forget your card, you can type in your phone number and it will recognize you or you can use it when they ask you for a phone number. Luckily, because of the popularity of the Tommy Tune song, 867 Tommy Tune. 867-5309. That's the Jenny. one. Jenny. is the name of the song yeah. from uh, 1982. Stores have an account signed up for most area codes plus that number. For example, in the 310 area code at almost every major grocery store I've tried, I can enter 310-867-5309 and get the member discounts without the potential for my insurance company using it against me in the future. 
Just thought I would spread the word. And if you find an area code that doesn't work, fill out a form and sign up for it so that others can use it. This is a, this, this is a, this is a, a great social hack. This is a social hack, and this is a great benefit to No Agenda listeners because it's. I think it's true. I'm going to start checking it uh, next time I go to the store. I've got two or three places that always you – know, Now, now here, here's what can happen, of course. So you, you'll be uh, in the checkout line. And oh, oh man, I forgot my card. Uh, what's your number? Yeah, it's uh, five one zero eight six seven five three. You got you can't say it with the cadence. Oh nine, and okay. Oh zero. You say zero nine. Yeah, zero nine. Oh, oh, Mr. Curry. Oh, well, if if you would only buy three more uh, packs of adult diapers, we can give you a discount. There you go. I don't know if this is good. Well, could lead to some embarrassing situations. Well, if you want to get the discount, you know, my experience has always been just say, oh, I forgot my card, and then they use their own card. You still get the discount. They want to give you the discount. John Henry in Fajardo, Puerto Rico. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Okay, hold on a second. According to the chat room, this was on Lifehacker, and this is a plagiarized note. Oh, that could be. Could be. Well, it might be a plagiarized note, but. I wonder if the person has checked out all the 310 stores. Well, it doesn't really matter because it, it did not come to my attention because, let me think, uh, oh, yeah, I'm watching C-SPAN instead of uh, Lifehacker? Yeah, Lifehacker. And I'm too busy helping people get through TSA? Well, right. Yeah. Well, it's just still a good tip. It's a great tip. But uh, uh, So, uh, yeah, chat room. Um, I do, once in a while, see all the exclamation points from the corner of my eye. Exclamation points. There was a life hacker before. Right. This is bullcrap. Yeah, plagiarism. Those guys this never read the new. chat room. <laughs> this is a new. This is a new social hack. This is just plagiarized. This is lame. This is the same one you get when you, you run a blog and you see somebody sends you a video. <laughs> that video was from a year ago. That's old. <laughs> By the way, that's called, that will, you will get banned from the divorce. No, it's like. I can't believe you guys didn't see that on Lifehacker before. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Onward with people who uh, are... Henry in Puerto Rico, one, two, three, four, five. Andrew Mc, uh, M. Holcomb in Ann Arbor, Michigan, one, eleven, eleven. Uh, Audrey C. Sims, Sims, something like that. Uh, St. Louis, Missouri uh, mentions that uh, she has a birthday. Do we have her on the list? Audrey's, well, I wish I knew how to pronounce it now. I think it's Symes. Is it Sims? Symes. Symes. Uh, no. Let him put her on. This is not good. When is her birthday? Today. Ah. Audrey. I'm going to say Symes. I think it's Symes. It's got to be Symes. Yeah, I think so. That's her. Ray William, $100. She gave $100 to Sam. Sir Sam La Luang. 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 I think it's pronounced. Yeah. He is, uh, gave 99 bucks and pushed him over to another knighthood, oh. which now he's claiming a barony. Because uh, oh, and, is, and it's been, we've checked the accounting? Apparently, because JC mm. put it in the note. So how many knighthoods equals a barony? Two. Oh, no, that's... no, that's baronet. Now this, no, this is his third, which is a barony. Oh, so, so two is baronet, three is, we didn't even talk about the levels. Two is baronet, three is barony. Right. And then what's after barony? Uh, I have to go back and get that email that I sent out. It's 5, I 10, 20, I think is what it is. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, very important, if you give your knighthood away, you can't double count it towards your 
Uh, is that right? I'm asking. Well, this is a this is a meeting that's needed. So it let's so for instance, we have today we'll be knighting uh, Dame Suzanne. Right. Massimo has given his knighthood away. Right. So, but now if he then gets his own knighthood, does he go straight to baronet? Uh, well, this is a question that needs to be answered. Well, I mean, that's why I'm asking you. I would you. say no. I would say no as well. I think, you know, you've given it away. So, you know, and he could give the second knighthood slash damehood to his wife and she would be a baronet, correct? Yes. Yeah, you can't, you can't double count. That would be my uh Well, well my hello, what did the email say? It said you were like the... The the you okay, had a title. Here's the email. This, by the way, is a proposal. It says very clearly in the email. <laughs> and here's it goes like. Let me just read it. Read it's it a you. proposal. I'm sorry. Knight dames a single knighthood is a knight dame. Okay, the baronet is a double knights. Baron is triple knights. Then comes viscount, which is five x, and then earl, which is seven times knight. Then duke ten. 10x night. And this we is all a, reflected on the Dvorak.org slash NA page? No, this is in the email. This is in the newsletter that yeah, but, people get. Yeah, people are already on board. We're doing our first uh, barony you know, thing today. So we're, it's never been fully approved, so I haven't put it on the main page well, yet. Well, okay. Hereby ratified. The great state of Texas ratifies this idea. Do we have a second? Yes, I second it. All and, in uh, favor, say aye. 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 That's it. Okay, we had, good meeting. <laughs> <laughs> good meeting, everybody. Great. All right, let's have some drinks. <laughs> okay. So, anyway, that's kind of uh, where we're at. Raymond okay. Williams. So, uh, Sam will be a baron. And, yes. Uh, nice. Good. How, good. We have to come up with this. Is good. This is, uh, I don't want what? to talk about it too much. Nothing, nothing, nothing. It's just like we're gonna do. We gonna have a special ceremony? No, 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 no. We just we mention it. No, I don't have time for ceremonies. Okay, I don't have time Ashley to read Life Hacker. I don't have time for ceremonies. Good old, uh, yeah, we're too got to watch C-Span. Life Hacker. Ashley Hurst in Seattle, <laughs> yeah, our uh, Fisher woman. Yes. Oh, oh, I, 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 I sometimes I go back and look at her picture. Seventy-seven, seventy-oh-seven. She decided to get on that. Have you that picture with her with the big fish? Big giant fish. Something sexy about it. I don't. I can't. I can't put my finger on it. Yeah. Well, that's what she says. Hey. Oh. Oh. You went there. Hey. Why don't you call your buddy BB from the Bad Joke Club? (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to hog all the good Uh, jokes. Lance Fisher in um, Upper Michigan. Lance the Youper. I guess that's what you call Upper Michigan guys. Stefan Agarhuti. 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 What do you think? I think I, it, I would just say it's probably Stephen. Agar, did I say, Ag, what did I say? You said Stefan. I think it's probably Stephen. Okay, Stephen. Uh, Agar, Agarhuti. And this begins a segment of a bunch of 6969s. Oh, sorry. I wasn't just, paying attention. That, 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 that stuff never goes away. I mean, people love the Swazilnoffs. 69! 69! Well, not really. It looks like there's only three today, so it's not. Yes, it's going to be dead shortly. Dead, dead on Sunday. Karsten uh, Ove Schwartz Nielsen in some place or other. Uh, he, by the way, mentions that 495 and 496 have been fantastic shows. Um, and he says John Belushi must be turning in his grave. That, of course, is a direct reference to spook Dan Aykroyd, the the disappointing oh, right, right, the, right, the right. CIA spook yeah. shill Dan Aykroyd. 
Yeah, who may have been responsible. Well, anyway. Richard Arredondo in Santa Maria, California, 6969. That closes. 69, dude. That's it. What was the segment? It's a goner. There was somebody else that was, who I was supposed to credit. I don't know yeah. if it's on the spreadsheet. Is this the right spreadsheet? Redux? I hope so. <laughs> yes. Reboot Studio, Sir Cogs and Crest. Oh, by the way, I want to mention to people, if you send in a one of these donations where we're just rattling off names now, uh, don't send a separate email saying to be be anonymous. Put it in the note. Reboot Studio, Sir Cogs in Crescent City, 6683. Uh, oh, by the way, I have to mention something back here on the... I, I think I missed the uh, one of the uh, notes. Ah. Nuts. All right, we'll mention it next time. There's, somebody has a book out there I wanted to plug, and I don't see it here. Well, we know who it wasn't. It wasn't Reboot Studio. No, it wasn't you. Oh. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, where was I? Reboot I'm, I'm Studio. Lost. I'm lost. I'm a lost cause. Now Isaac Young. Isaac Yang in Toronto. Yang. Isaac six, Yang, sorry. Six, six. Yes. And he's got a birthday um, on the birthday. A friend list. of his, by the way, got the real Canadian snowflake pin. Oh. And when he saw the picture in the newsletter, he knew it was time to donate. We're going to get one of these. He needs some karma for his car. Give him some karma. For the car, yeah. We need a car karma, too. You've got karma. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, you're the one that needs karma. I do. Car. I do need car karma. Communications 2020 from Sir Howard Gutnicht. 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 Gutnicht in Seattle. Uh, Raim Rasmus Bach Ottosen in, uh, oh, God, I don't wow. know. I can't even pronounce the name of the town. Antananarivo. 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 Is that Italy? Antana. It says Gitmo Nation Lemur. <laughs> but that doesn't help either. Uh, Antana, uh And maybe it's Italy. That's uh, cool. Might be. Madagascar. What? Madagascar. Wow. Anonymous uh, 5378. LG Consulting in Katy, Texas, Um, with a birthday thing going out there, 5321. And finally, Jeffrey Tuhig. Oh, Jeff. 5150. He sent me a picture of his girlfriend, uh, who was not his girlfriend when we stayed with him on the Hot Pockets tour in New Mexico. Oh, my God. I didn't get a picture. Because you, you don't ask. If you don't ask, then you don't get. You you got you, you to gotta be unabashed. Uh, <laughs> I'll forward it to you. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, Kevin Payne in Richmond, Virginia, 5069. Uh, Mike Bateman in Minneapolis, 50. And Eric Veet in Dublin, California, 50. And that will be our uh, producers for show uh, 498. And I wish I could find this. Well, we have a couple. We have a couple of things. First, we have a make good uh, because everything was all. We did. We basically thanked everybody twice uh, on the Sunday show. Yeah, uh, it was a mess. It's okay because it, it it was actually a technical issue, and I think believe that's been solved. So, make good number one is uh, Scott Montgomery uh, donated sixty nine sixty nine. The Swazilnoffs on Sunday did not get mentioned. I'm sure we'll find a few more of those as people catch up to the episodes. 
Uh, and Luke from Munich, mention says, my previous two donations were 33-33, my girlfriend's 33rd birthday, and 55-55, no agenda's fifth anniversary. On Monday, my girlfriend Jana and I will be, I guess Jana, 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 and I will be celebrating eight years together. I thought I'd double my contributions and send you 88-88. In return, I'd like a karma plus 88 uh, Morse code. And, of course, another great episode of the best podcast in the universe. We really ap- apologize because, you know, it kind of sucks when, you, you know, you got an anniversary. You're trying to look smart for your woman, you know, and like, uh, <laughs> you know, I was like, hey, hey, it's coming. It's coming any minute now, any minute now. And it's like and then you just hear the, the freaking credits at the end. And like, what the heck? You a-holes. You left me out. Totally left me out, so. You've got karma. And I'll plug the book on the next show. Okay, very good. It's your birthday, birthday. All right, here we go. Piotr Shizuki says happy birthday to his brother Bartolo. Celebrating on the 23rd, Sir Howard Goodknecht congratulates himself. Celebrated yesterday. Elgi Consulting LLC. Happy birthday to his son Jack. Turns 12. Right on, Jack. Glad to have you on listening to the show at an early age so we can get you early and corrupt you. And Audrey Simes also celebrates her birthday. Happy birthday from your friends here at the best podcast in the universe. And we have a daming today, a nice daming. Um, and after that, we will have a, uh, a a quick mention for a baron. So I'm very excited about all this. We can just uh, get the swords ready. And uh, hello, hold on, there it is. All right, Suzanne Cataneo, step forward and kneel before the table of knights and dames. Thanks to Massimo's collection of uh, points for his knighthood. He is giving you the knighthood, therefore making you Dame Suzanne, Dame of the Knights and Dames of the Noah Gen Around Table. For you, we have standing by, if you prefer Red Poison Chardonnay, uh, Vodka and Vanilla, Bong Hits and Bourbon, Sparkling Cider and Escorts, Mutton and Mead, and I left all the other ones off that were not relevant to you as Dame. Uh, but I think the Rent Boys and Chardonnay may come in handy, and I'm sure uh, Massimo will be quite okay with that because that's how we roll here at the round table. <laughs> we roll. I try. I keep trying to convince my wife. It's okay. It's how we roll. <laughs> I've always found that to be one of the most obnoxious things anyone could say. I need to call you out on something. Uh oh. You said, and I didn't clip it. I should have. We were talking about. I guess it was on the last episode about, you know, the the spreadsheet messed up. And you, you thought I was saying one thing that I was like, oh, this is horrible. And you said, yeah, what, th- it goes wrong once and then, you know, it's like you got to fire your kid. And then you said, so like, oh, I, I made out with that woman and now the marriage is over. What? Yes, you said this. I said what? You said that's like making I said it- that you made out with this woman and now the marriage is over? You said that is like... Your wife saying, and I guess you were reflecting on yourself, <laughs> that you it's made like out. Your wife saying you made like you cheated. Oh, yeah, like no, I know. You know when I said that. Yeah. I said, you know, this is not a good analogy. It's just totally bogative. 
but it's like... Uh, mm-hmm. The question is, why did you come up with it? Why did you say this? Is there something you'd like to share with the group, John? Not making out with anybody, apparently. But also, I mean, if um, let me tell you, if, if, wishful thinking. if I made out with some other woman, it, you know, no, would she leave me? No, but it would break a lot. It would break stuff. That's not, you, that, that's just, it's not this a horrible I, analogy. I, I, I'm fine. I, I apologize for making such a stupid comment. And it was like completely off the wall. I don't know why it even came out of my mouth. And it was, I was trying to go somewhere. Hey, Mimi, hold on a second. Yeah. <laughs> Believe me, it was actually, I was on the fly. I was trying to come up with a gem. And then that <laughs> came out. I said, ah, oh, that's dumb. And then I just let it go because you just like didn't even hear it. Until I, like apparently, I, know, yes. I, I heard it, but I was, I like, you know, there was other stuff going on. So, but it stuck with me through, throughout the. So it bothered you. Good. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, I don't know if I can say this. Mr. Oil just got arrested in Cyprus. What? What happened? Hold, hold on a second. Uh, let me read this. Our car got stopped on the way to the airport. He was ordered out under gun, searched, demanded. Oh, Mr. Oil, who is Russian, uh, went to get his money out of Cyprus. Uh, it's, wow, this is breaking news. I'm going to read verbatim from the back channel. Uh, this latest from Cyprus. Our car got stopped on the way to the airport. We were ordered out under uh, gunpoint, searched, demanded to surrender all money and cash that we had. Uh, we were arrested five minutes later as we refused to comply with everything. We were threatened to be taken to jail and forgotten about. Uh, this is, you know, he's very upset, so it's a little weird English. Uh, after a call to my lawyers was promptly released, this is effed up. Uh, let's see. Uh, they did not surrender the money, refused to comply, apart from identifying themselves, asking what is the charge. And uh, so they let him go, and he's uh, now on his way back to uh, Gitmo Nation East. But he was literally arrested, and they tried to demand him to surrender his money. What the F? Wow. That could be happening here any minute. Man, well, I'm here's some Bitcoin. Hey, by the way, am I happy? Hey, Mr. I, Oil, should have given him the Bitcoin. It's my Bitcoin disc. Am I, I'm so happy I don't listen to you. When you told me at 33 to sell all my Bitcoin. I told you that sell them at 40. I never said 33. Okay. I didn't listen to that either. Today's current price is $74. Well, just hold them then. No, no, no. I'm selling all the way up. Every day I sell five Bitcoin. Oh, well, this is good money for you. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Woo! I'm rolling in it now, baby. Well, I mean, of course, compared, you know, my total investment, I only did one show, Daily Source Code, received uh, like a total of like 100 Bitcoin back in the day. That was a nice donation. That was like, you know, five. 7,500 bucks. That was 500 bucks back then. So, but I'm keeping 100, and that is, you know, that's my nest egg. So I'm only selling 25. That's uh, that's basically it. Then I'm done. Uh, so uh, unfortunately, your Bitcoin, John, your half. Uh, I'm sorry. I sold that at the 40 you requested. So that's fine. Uh, <laughs> hey, we want to uh, call out Sir Sam Lung. Lung. How do we pronounce it? Lung. Lung. I think. Uh, Sir Sam, as of today, is the second baron. No, no. He's the third. No, because we have a baron and a baroness. So he's no, these... we have another guy. I can't remember his name. I have it written down somewhere. Who we apparently gifted a baron. Okay, to. hold on a second. 
You're just not a guy. Well, I don't have his name, I, but he's a fellow. He's a, he's a, a sir of some, and he got a barony. And So what uh, does the Sir Sam, uh, Baron Sam Lung get? He he asked for something actually. It's under it's in the note. Oh, let's he find wants. Uh, let's sure see what he wants. See what he gets. Hey, what, all all you have to do is ask. He says uh, he would like. I think I'll claim he wants. He would, we have to get you know, give it to him, but we'll, we'll give him this. He wants to claim the Great Lakes. Oh, pfft, consider it done, my friend. You can have him. <laughs> can have him only the now he's a Canadian I believe so he only gets the Great Lakes that are in Canada yes so Lake Michigan is still up for grabs still available all right so he gets all the Great Lakes except Lake Michigan so let me just so read. we don't want to cause an international issue fracas. So high gents realized two things. One, I was recently booted off the 3333 monthly plan at the beginning of the month. This happens all the time, people. Check your subscriptions. PayPal is whack. I resubscribed. Thank you. Notice that my total contribution under the plan was just over $1,000. My guess is that PayPal may have a cap on the total subscription value and will automatically unsubscribe as a precaution. No, I don't think so. This happens just randomly. Random. Yeah, happens all the time. Just the thought, uh, you know, all we do up here in Canada is party and have Canadian mac and cheese, also known as poutine. Huh. Poutine. Can't get more Depression-era cuisine than that. Take it easy, gents. Also, now that the noagendanation.com system tells me I've con con contributed just enough for my third knighthood at and barony, I think I'll claim the Great Lakes as my domain should we move over to the new peerage system. Sam, uh, congratulations. We had the meeting earlier. You are now... The Baron of the Great Lakes of Canada, and uh, let's uh, find out what this poutine looks like. Yeah, poutine. poutine. I gotta check that out too. Poutine. It's probably the French, uh, you know, the Quebecers' version of mac and cheese. They can't just call it mac and cheese after no, all. No, no. That, well, that's a violation of trademark. Um, poutine is a typical Canadian dish, originally from Quebec, made with French fries. Ooh. French fries topped with brown gravy and curd cheese. Oh, right. I've seen this dish. Oh, my goodness. It's totally disgusting. It, the picture. Look at the picture on the wiki page. It looks like poop and whipped cream. Well, the cheese, the, the curd cheese means it's fresh cheese, just a regular, just cheese curd that you can buy in some stores. Uh, it would be similar to taking cottage cheese and rinsing off all the all the liquid, the goop. Oh. And so you could do it with cottage cheese. And what you would do is you take, you get a bunch of French fries, usually hand cut, they, so the skins are still on them. Yeah, yeah. And then you dump this this cheesy this cheese on top. No, no, like no, 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 of, no, no, no. It looks like they put the gravy on first. Well, this one I'm looking at has the, the gravy over the cheese. The dish orig originated in rural Quebec, Canada, in the late 1950s. Oh, that's not really Depression era. And here's one. Here's a poutine with onions and bacon. Huh. I think it's the a word. B-O-M. It's called poutine bomb. Poutine with B, bacon, O, an onion, onion. And, and merguez, which is... Uh, oh, I love merguez. What is merguez? Yeah, it's, uh, I, I taught you merguez. We bought it from the French dude. Oh, it's that, that horrible sausage It's made from <laughs> lamb. Poutine.com. Oh, man, it's already taken. Bye. The poutine shop. <laughs> Here's you, you can order online poutine. You can order it already made. This is not cheap, by the way. This poutine. This is not mac and cheese. 
here's one that's interesting. The Emmy, which is poutine, which is Elvis steak haché, poivrons, and champignon, which has got the <laughs> mushrooms. You guys eat crap. They got all this stuff. That's here's nasty. Here's Marissa poutine, which has got three kinds of meat. <laughs> this is... Essentially, you take a bed of uh, French fries. It should be greasy. Yep. And then you just dump stuff on it. Nice. And that's it. You're done. This is what's, this is probably the origin of the idea of nachos. Yeah. You take a bunch of chips, yep. which is not French fries, French fries, but coincidentally, chips is what the British call French fries. But you take a bunch, of, which could be a mistranslation of of the dish. So you take chips, which are corn chips, you put them on the bottom, and you dump a bunch of cheap cheese all over the top, and then you can put on some sour cream or some meat or some uh, jalapenos chopped. Nice. And then you eat that during an athletic event. <laughs> Okie dokie. That's all I got. I got two uh, banker clips. Uh, I've been holding on to one uh, for a couple weeks. I just, we never got around to it. Uh, and yesterday, the Bernank, uh, Ben, uh, Benjamin, the Bernank, uh, our central banker dude, um, uh, who's uh, married to uh, Andrea Mitchell, right? I, mean, I got it no, right this no, time. No, no, that's the other guy. Oh, that's right, the Greenspan guy. Crap. Greenspan. Anyway, well, I got a clip from her, too. Uh, so first here is the Attorney General, uh, Eric Holder. Eric. Hey, by B. the way, by the way, I'm betting even money that Erica Mitchell and her husband have dinner on occasion with Bernanke. Andrea Mitchell. What did I say? I said Eric, Erica Mitchell. Erica Mitchell, but that's good. That's her new name. Congratulations. Yeah, Erica, not bad. <laughs> Erica. She should Erica. consider an official change. Idiot. <laughs> Erica. Anyway, go on. Sorry. Okay, so here he is a couple of weeks ago talking about uh, big banks uh, uh, and how frightening they are to him. He's very afraid of The concern that you have raised is one that I frankly share, and I'm not talking about HSBC Thank now. That, that, that Maybe that would not be appropriate, but I am concerned that the size of some of these institutions Hold on. Stop, 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 stop. He has picked up the exact same cadence and almost the same voice, and you can hear it if you now that I'm going to say it. Eric Holder. Uh, this is Eric Holder. Oh, I thought you were playing Bernanke. No, Bernanke is next. Oh, okay, never mind. But you're right. Eric Holder has picked up the exact same cadence as Eric Holder. It's, <laughs> yes. it's uncanny, ladies and gentlemen. That the size of some of these institutions becomes so large that it does become difficult for us to um, to prosecute them when we are hit with um, prosecuting for what for fraud and and being just you know he's saying oh the douchebag is uh, quotient yeah he had, they haven't done anything so now he's, no but but he's actually he's saying because they're so big. We can't what? prosecute. Oh, the organized crime is so big, so we can't arrest anybody. Is that what he's saying? Yeah, listen again. When we are hit with um, indications that if you do prosecute, if you do bring a criminal charge, uh, it will have a negative impact on the national economy, perhaps even the world economy. Oh, and I think that is a function of the fact that fact. some of these institutions have become too large. Now, again, I'm not talking about HS, HSBC. This is just a, a more general comment. I think it has an inhibiting influence on, in, impact on our ability to bring resolutions that I think would be more appropriate. And I think that is something that we, you all, need to um, need to consider. I, so the concern Shut you raise is actually one that I share. So, uh, reading between the lines, and by the way, Mike, God, it's uncanny. He sounds so much like Eric Holder. I, I just, it's killing me. It does. 
what I'm hearing here is these banks that we cannot actually throw people in jail. We cannot prosecute because if if we do that, these banks fall apart. Then the world collapses. Is that pretty much what he said there? Yep. Now let's listen to the Bernanke, who sounds a lot like Bernanke. Ben Bernanke. On the uh, benefits of being too big to fail, uh, no, we don't have an estimate. It's pretty difficult to control for all the factors that go into determining um, uh, the size of the subsidy. The size of the subsidy, John. So the banks, uh, he's going to talk about this a little bit more, but the banks that are too big to fail are being subsidized by the Federal Reserve, and he doesn't even know how much money. I think there is some evidence that um, financial markets are, at least to some extent, um, taking into account the possibility that large financial institutions will fail. You see, for example, spreads in the credit default swaps. It indicates some probability of failure. Um, You see some uh, discrimination among different institutions according to the bond market uh, interest rates that they get charged and so on. So there is some evidence of of market discrimination. That being said... um, I certainly never meant to say to Senator Warren, and I share her concern about too big to fail. I think it's a major issue. Uh, I never meant to imply that the problem was solved and gone. It is not solved and gone. It's still here. But uh, there's a lot of work in train. Uh, We're putting in the Basel Capital uh, Standards. Uh, We're putting in uh, the Orly Liquidation Authority from Dodd-Frank, working with our international partners. And I hope that we'll make progress uh, against uh, too big to fail, because I I agree with her 100 percent that it's... um, uh, uh, a real problem and needs to be addressed if at all possible. All right. Just take our uh, money and do whatever you want. Douche. Anyway, here's the, I have a clip that uh, is, is kind of interesting. Can this I, guy, can, can I, we, can I finish up my, my oh, I, There actually was a point to this. Okay, go. Oh, okay. It's going to be like that. Go on. I want to play er- Erica Mitchell. Oh, what does she have to say? Well, Erica Mitchell, so so the only point I was making was, so this is how uh, our, the highest uh, judicial dude in the land thinks. You know, the banks own him. The banks own everybody. We can't do anything. We can't prosecute them because, ooh, they're so scary. We have the Bernanke, who is the, the Federal Reserve, the, the highest banker in the land. And he is the bank. Yeah. He is the bank, Ben Ben Bernanke, the bank, and he is saying, "Well, you know, pff, yeah, what, you know, hey, it's what it is. We can't let him fail." And then we have Andrea Mitchell. Now she is an elite because she is married to the former B- bank Bernanke, um, Greenspan, uh, right? Yeah. And listen to what she says as she talks to her colleagues. About the well, failure, what? And she would be speaking from an insider's perspective. An insider's perspective. This is my point. So yeah. the guy who used to run the whole money scheme in the banks, that guy, uh, his wife, and they fit together perfectly. You know, that's just starting to look like each other. Yeah. Yeah. So his wife gives her colleagues a talking to about the failure of the, or so-called, because it's not, but about the the uh, assault rifle, assault weapons-like style ban that is now being uh, pulled out of the legislation by the Democrats. Listen to the words. Democratic Majority Leader Harry Reid's decision to not let the assault weapons ban go to the floor for a vote angered Senator Dianne Feinstein, who is not giving up. 
this is very important to me, and I'm not going to lay, lay down and play dead. Uh, I think the American people have said in every single public poll that they support this kind of legislation. Joining me now for more on that and all of the other political news for our Daily Fix today, Chris Alyssa, MSNBC contributor and managing editor of PostPolitics.com and USA Today's Washington Bureau Chief, Susan Page. So she now has uh, the contributing editor of MSNBC.com and the editor of USA Today. These are big. What, this is a big person. What, yeah. What is this? Uh, that's not the editor of USA Today. Uh, what is the venue here does she have her own show is this a sunday thing where'd you get this she is standing uh, on location outside of the white house uh, which i think is uh, on what show uh she's on uh what is she on msnbc she's on uh, nbc abc nbc what is it a news show is it it's a news show yes yes oh, there, go on just play it hi to both of you well while i'm away you guys let the the assault weapons ban you know die practically at least harry reed says that he's not there you go while I'm away, you, stupid journalists, let this die. Oh, play that again. I didn't, I didn't catch it at you all. You didn't scare the American public appropriately? Just play it. Both of you. Well, while I'm away, you guys let the, the assault weapons ban, you know, die practically. At least Harry Reid says that he's not going to let it go forward. <laughs> wow, that's a weird clip. No, she means it. This is how she thinks. Yeah, I wasn't here, and next thing you know, all hell breaks loose. It's, yeah, I wasn't here to... I have to be here all the time? I wasn't here to manage the media, to manage you people. I'm your handler. I'm taking care of business. I make sure you write things, you know, like Sandy Hook, like terrible... I, I think this is a great clip, but I don't get how it hooks into the Bernanke clip. Only because she's elitist like everybody else, and she was okay. married to... Uh, well, whatever. here's an interesting clip that's kind of a financial clip that I just think is good piece of information. I talked about this. It was on uh, Charlie Rose. I mentioned it to Horowitz, who thinks this guy's just a, a douche, but it's okay. He's the guy who used to run AIG. He was kicked out, and then AIG right. fell apart. He thinks he could have saved his name. Very famous guy. He's like 85. He's still a tough cookie, and he's irked about he thinks the government stole AIG without compensation. Yeah, yeah, cost yeah. him most of his... But he has this, this one little tidbit in here I thought was worth uh, worth listening to, which is the, uh, and I kind of agree with him. And this is, uh, what's the name of this clip? Hank Greenberg on Paulson. And, and but if it did happen and you became vulnerable, you would have known how. You convinced in your own mind that's true. No question about it. Look, I chaired the New York Fed for several years, uh, been on the board before that, and, and then became vice chair and chair. I knew the Fed quite well. There's, if we had, if we had need for access to the Fed window. Uh, I feel comfortable. I would have either gotten that if we had a problem, or I would have raised money internationally. Uh, there's no question, but it wouldn't have happened. But if something did occur, uh, we'd have found a way to save. You have found financing that Absolutely. you needed from sovereign wealth funds or whoever it no might be. No question about it. Do you believe this, as Hank Paulson has said, that if AIG had gone down, there is no doubt that it was taking the whole system down? I don't believe that at all. Yeah. No, I don't believe that at all. <laughs> well, well, how does that work? <laughs> it was, that was the, the way he says it. it, it, it not to play all his clips, but the, the, what he says is that 
they made up this phony baloney scenario. Of course, he couldn't do anything about it. He was the chairman of the company, but he wasn't running it. And then they brought a guy in from Goldman, and they – I don't – I should have clipped this. He says apparently Paulson comes in and says you guys are going to take this bailout and you're going to give a 75 percent of the company. You're going to pay 14 percent interest rate. And by the way, you, the CEO, which was the replacement for, the, for Greenberg, you're fired. Yeah. And then he's brought a Goldman, and he goes, I'm not going to do this deal. And I guess it's fine. He brings a Goldman guy in to, to do this deal, to, to take over the company, essentially, mm-hmm. ruin the company, essentially. Yep, 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 and yep. then he says through the back uh, Greenberg says through the back door, Goldman got like $20 billion and nothing to do with this. They said they give it to us, and they got funneled right to Goldman. It's just the whole thing we was kinda, totally But correct. we kind of we knew that, though. I mean, that, that wasn't... Yeah, no, we on this show we knew. Yeah, it. Oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, no, I'm, we knew it. We knew it. Yeah, the rest of the world was still like, oh, mac and cheese. And Poutine. so, meanwhile, he says this in a way that just confirms our, our suspicions. That I thought was, I thought, ah, ah, and he would be more likely to know whether it's going to cave in the economy or not. Horowitz believes it would have caved in the economy too, but I, I'm sticking with this. No, I'm. I mean, yeah, I'm. I'm with you. I'm with you. It's. Yeah. It's a scam. Uh, yeah. And now that is that's on your tombstone, right? We already established that. <laughs> like, if you die before I do, I'm putting it on there. It's a scam. I'll make sure it's there. They'll all love it. Yeah, I'm sure that you know. Um, so we have some uh, some interesting vaccine news. Because um, of course, you know we've we've always got to stay on top of what we're going to shoot up our kids with. This is uh, this came off our national treasure, uh, the NPRs. President Obama's administration has laid out guidelines today for conducting controversial medical research. The federal government is considering testing the anthrax vaccine in children. <laughs> what? <laughs> got any, you got any? To try to prepare for that a bioterror. vaccine is considered extremely dangerous. Oh, well, interesting that we've shot up a million Americans with it already. Écoutez, mon frère. Terrorist attack. Terrorist. As NPR's Rob Stein reports, a presidential commission says several steps would have to be taken before any testing, and the report raises questions about whether such tests... Are ethical. Now, I want you to listen very closely and explain to me why this guy is allowed on the radio. He is a, a, you know, you know, have you ever spoken to someone who has like their mouth is all sticky and when they talk, you actually see like white strands of goo between yeah. the tongue and the roof of their mouth? Curiously, we talked about this on the DH Unplugged show. Well, here's, this, here's a guy that has it. In the world yeah. of bioterrorism, anthrax is one of the oh, scariest threats. You can threats. tell he's dry mouth. <laughs> but he's like, it's really disgusting. It's not dry mouth. It's wet. Yeah, it's that, that, that wet white g- goo, like mucus. That's <laughs> mucus mouth. As NPR's Rob Stein reports, a presidential commission says several steps would have to be taken before any testing. And the Here report raises questions about whether such tests are ethical. In the world of bioterrorism, anthrax is one of the scariest threats. It's relatively easy to make and spread over a large area. And Daniel Fabui says anthrax can hide for long periods in dormant spores that release potent toxins. At some point, it hatches. When it does hatch, it can cause invasive disease, meaning like pneumonias and bacterial infection in the body that can lead to death. And that's why anthrax is very deadly and and something of great concern to us. Fabui is a pediatrician. He chaired a federal panel that started the push to study the anthrax vaccine in kids. More than a million adults in the military have gotten the shots, but Fabui says no one knows how well it works in children. Did you know this? 
a million servicemen and women have been they shot shoot up? these poor bastards up left and right with stuff. It's like they're guinea pigs. You join the army, become a guinea pig. So, but this you is can't gonna... refuse to take the shot if they want to, If you're targeted, right? So if you listen to this whole report, it's going to happen. They're going to test this on kids. It's disgusting. Yeah, typical. Anyway, so um, now this report, this is a Diane Sawyer, not drunk. I'm convinced she's not drunk. Um, and we've we've seen this outfit outfit before when they come out and they make a big a big stink about some research. This is Autism Speaks. Um, and that's not in the report, but I, this is I've uh, deduced the report back to them. And uh, Diane Sawyer has very troubling news for us. Very, very troubling news. Police, now we return back home to a new number confirming a worry in American families. Tonight, one in 50 school children in America has a form of autism. The government survey of parents is much higher than the previous estimate. One Always in 88. What? It's always going up. Everything always goes up. So what is happening? And also tonight, another small part of the puzzle. Does it have anything to do with parents and grandfathers? ABC's chief medical editor, what? Dr. Richard Besser, on the clues. Do you uh, want and so I can tell you what it is. You want to hear the report or? No, tell me what it is. Oh, it's like uh, if uh, if you're if you have a child and you're over 30, then your grandkids not your direct kids, but the kids of your kids have a large, larger percentage chance, which turns out to be less than three, um, of having kids with autism. So, and, the, so, so the percentage chance of autism goes up by three percent. Only if you're over thirty. Yeah, but I'm saying yeah. the, the whole. Yes. So, in other words, if yes. the chances are one in yes. a million, yes, the chance would be one point oh three in a million. Yes. So how's that even statistically anything? Well, what's more interesting to me is where did this, it used to be 1 in 88, and now it's 1 in 50 estimate. I'm like, what the hell? I mean, this is crazy. That's because it's easier to do the math. Ah, well, he, so, I, so I went to. 88 is a son of a bitch to have in, in models. It's terrible. <laughs> you want 50. Yeah. 10, 50, like, 100. Boom. What's, this, what's this, this ham number? Yeah, let's do 50. Uh, the number. This is uh, from the CDC, and this, uh, why, this. By the way, why would it be one in f exactly one in? Why not one in forty nine, one in fifty one? Well, I'll tell you. I'm going to tell you because it's bogus. That's why. So this is Autism Speaks. Uh, the number does not replace the official one in eighty eight estimate. Wow, could have fooled me, Diane Sawyer, but does suggest it may be a significant underestimate of autism prevalence in the U.S. One in 50, or 2%, is much close to what we've seen from the research. The new one in 50 estimate comes from a telephone survey oh. that asked nearly 100,000 parents across the country a range of health-related questions about children ages 6 to 17. I bet you questions like, does your kid spin? <laughs> Look at your child. Is your child spinning right now? Does your child walk on his or her tippy toes? That must be autism. You're on the spectrum, child. Come, try this anthrax vaccine. Very good for you. See, now there's a voiceover thing you could do. You could do the horror stories. Oh, that would be great. It's such a big you know, market. We, old time radio. 
you know, used to do these things, and I think we should bring it back with if you, you being write a dramatic it, if you, voice. It's actually a good voice you got there. All right. Um, so give me a line. Give me a line. Give me a line. Give me a scenario. Give me a scenario so I can scenario do would be, uh, Well, let's take an old Arch Obler story where people are turning inside out. Where people are turning inside out. With this, with the organs hanging from their skin. All of a sudden, she felt something coming up through her esophagus. It was, it was her her large intestine, <laughs> and as her large intestine spewed out of her her uh, face. Okay, well, it needs to be written. We have to write, yeah, write a script. If you write a script, write a script for me already. If will you, you can do that voice. If you could maintain that voice, I easy, think got easy. And then I think that's money. This is money in the bank. Oh, okay, and I'll finish off with hi, everybody. Perfect. So I have a so Mimi's all upset about she's stumbling. And I decided maybe I should do, do a little more research and, and get at least a couple of these things that are more uh, interesting than this one. But she found NewsProNet, which is one of the uh, consolidated freelance operations that feeds bogus stories to the your you know your local news. Oh, who found operation. this? Who found this? Mimi did. Oh. Good work, and Mimi. So she says, oh, you got this is a scandal. I said, this is old. It's, you know, she, I said, why don't you listen to the show? But anyway. <laughs> hey, by the way, did you know John's kissing other women or at least talking about it? <laughs> so anyway, so so I, I, I was, it's a little, it, it's amazing to me that this is their promotional video. This is the, the part of it anyway. Uh, and it's, it's so poorly done as a promotional video. And they didn't they have all these reports on, you know, the classic bed bugs. I, she's supposed to find me one where they say green tea is unhealthy. You know, <laughs> and these are all financed by Apparently they finance the medical people or the Monsanto finances the idea. And then the news stations actually pay for the content. It's not a video what? press release. These are actual stories. That they provide. This is at newspronetvideo.com. That's the outfit we're talking about here. Yeah, play this little clip. Which one is it? It's NewsProNet, and it's uh, the woman describing their services. NewsProNet, an industry leader providing highly promotable content for more than a decade and now reaching more viewers than ever before with our new online vertical content. Vertical. You can own the most powerful position on air and online with NewsProNet. We are uniquely qualified to create, produce, and distribute short-form video content that can reach around the world or around the block. It's what we've been doing successfully since 1997 when we launched NewsProNet with the NBC network as our first investor and major uh, client. Uh. Since then, our stories have been viewed more than a billion times by millions of people. Our award-winning team of professionals has worked hard to earn the trust of our customers and partners. NewsProNet delivers. News. Sweeps feed our premier on-air product delivers ratings and revenue for local broadcasters. Eight highly promotable news stories a month. Stories you won't find anywhere else. Clients include stations owned by CBS, ABC, Bilo, Scripps, Meredith, and many more. Sweep Speed always answers the question, how do I do more for less? <laughs> That's Sweep, the key. Sweep Speed, do more for less. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mr. Oil, get this, get an account, get this stuff yeah, on get, the stream. Guys, right, it'd probably be a good story to promote. Wait, Eight we, a month do is we, nothing. Do we have a story? Do we have a story? No co-op. Let's see. A no. PhD and SPF, client air check, bed bugs at home. 
Yeah. Is that the one you I, wanted? I actually was thinking of clipping that, but I said it's it's just for one thing, these are features. So they're re- short video, no. no. These are long and boring. Right. That's so anyway, so I'm digging around. So I found this other operation called NBN, which does actual audio uh, press releases. Oh, nice. Uh, you, you remember the old days where you used to get a record and you do phony interviews yeah. with the record? It was a remember huge that? record. It was a, it was it, it was a transcription size, oversized. 16 inch. Yep. And so you put it on the tur- on the big turntable and uh, Thorin's. And then you get this thing, and it would... <laughs> Thorin's turntable. You, you didn't just say that, did you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, wow. You went So there. he put on the old Thorin's, and uh, <laughs> it's got a big platter. It's huge. And so it's spinning around, and you uh, have the, the needle on there, and it's, and you have a sheet in front of you, and you, we talked about this before on the show, and you do a back and forth with it, with this phony... And I always hoped it was Skip or something, but I never did. So so I, so I found a, uh, a press release for an event that I... Th- would be kind of interested in because I, I kind of like old trains. Never heard of it, and it's because it, all these video, all these press releases, or audio press releases that came out are done by the same guy, the same announcer. Oh, and he, it's he time is, for a new guy. He's so old school that nobody will run this stuff, and you can play the world's what I call here the world's worst radio press release. Amtrak is calling all kids, <laughs> young and old, to come together for the fourth annual National Train Day. <laughs> this coast-to-coast celebration of train love gives Americans the opportunity train l- to... Train love? This oh, yeah. coast-to-coast celebration of man-boy train love is brought to you by Amtrak. To explore the rich history and exciting future of the rail. Uh, On May 7th, Amtrak will host... Touch my rail, son. ...four signature events in Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, Los Angeles, and Chicago, with local festivities happening in cities across the country. Grammy-winning uh, singer and philanthropist Gladys Knight will be the special <laughs> guest and host of the event at Washington, D.C.'s... Ah, uh, make it stop. <laughs> Gla- Gladys Knight will be... This is uh, from last year's event, by the way, because I remember Gladys Knight was... Uh, she was doing... You know why they have Gladys Knight, right? For Amtrak? Yeah, the last train to Georgia. Yeah, midnight train. <laughs> the last train. The last train to Auschwitz. That's the one, John, exactly. Now, the midnight play, train play the to Georgia. the rest of it so you can hear his outro. Acclaimed Union Station. Trains are part of my route. I have very fond memories of riding a train as a little girl. Uh-huh. And my grandfather was a Pullman porter. That's why I'm so thrilled to be this year's National Train Day spokesperson. On Saturday, May 7th, join me in celebrating our shared love and appreciation of trains. To find an event near you, visit nationaltrainday.com. All aboard. Ah! I'm Lee Shepard. <laughs> all aboard. No, no, that's not how you do it. It's like, all aboard. Uh, what happened? Ah, oh, crap. Oh, I hate that when it happens. All aboard. Train's good. Plane's bad. Woo-hoo! Wait, maybe we can, we can use his all aboard. All aboard. <laughs> I'm Lee Shepard. <laughs> Hold on a second. I think we can do it. Uh, let's see. Dot com. Okay. Uh, all aboard. All aboard. Trains good. <laughs> planes bad. Woo-hoo. By Ayn Rand. Perfect. Anyway, so I was listen. I was going over some of these sites. There's a bunch of them. You can look them up. And I'm thinking, you know, we need to do some some public service announcements. Yes, very good. Uh, yeah. Audio ones, and we yeah. can pass them all over the place, and we should do it about our show. I think yeah. the idea that first came out of Chicago was that our show is a public service. Right. And so we can do PSAs okay. about us. Well, um, I mean, I, I am obviously the one to voice them. Oh, yeah. Uh, and you need to, uh, I don't know, write them. I can write the PSA. I used so, to... 
Once I yeah, I took broadcasting once, and we just wanted to <laughs> well, hold on a PSAs. I'll have you know, I am a graduate of the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. Oh, so, good for you. Yeah, I just want you to know. So, so anyway, so I took the, you know they made us write PSAs all day, so I can write a PSA. I know exactly how to do. It. I know the format, and I know the uh, the timing. So uh, yeah, sixty seconds. Second, so. so do you have one? Do you have an example for me to read? No, no, I just was that just came to me. Oh well. <sighs> What do you want to talk about? What is important that we can that they would play? This is the key to a PSA. It's got to have some hook, and of course they're only going to play this at four in the morning. But it's beside the point. Well, 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 I can just do. Start up with, wake up. <laughs> you think that's going to work? You think they'll air that? You think they're going to be all over that? They won't air anything like that. Uh, let's they see. Won't air anything good. Teen radio PSA script. So cool. National Institute of Health. We can just give that one a shot. I mean, if we no, could. Why don't you read it? Uh, okay. <clears throat> it's a, there's boy one and boy two. So uh, me, should I do both voices? Yeah. Do the other one in a squeaky voice. Uh, no, I, gotta, I think I do one of them with my surfer dude. Okay. All right. So you're at a party just hanging out, having a great time. When someone goes, hey, I know we can get some beer. Like you're not already having fun. So you say, no thanks, to let them know you're not interested. And they go, what's with you? You scared? So you look at all the others who also aren't drinking. And you go, yeah, scared of being like you. Natural laughter. <laughs> Thecoolspot.gov. Check it out. Huh. Brought to you by the Department of Health and Human Services, the National Institute of Health and the National Institute Curiously, of Alcoholism. I've never heard that PSA ever. Did you like my... Until uh, now. You missed the tag. Brought to you by uh, the Department yeah. of Health and Human Services, the National Institute of Health and the National Institute of Alcoholism and Alcoholism. Yeah, that's good. I would actually... <laughs> I would record... If it was me... Send I'd that one record, in. <laughs> I'd record that at normal speed and then run it through Audacity and do a, a tempo... Thing and wrap wrap it out oh, really fast. Brought to you by the brought to you by the Department of Health and Human Services, the National Institute of Health, the National Institute of Just Now. Yeah, you're you got the fast voice down. It's mm -hmm. not bad. Mm -hmm. The surfer's outstanding, by the way. Yay, dude! What I know, we can get some beer. Yeah, that is the uh, the award winning surfer dude voice, which has yet to get me one freaking gig ever. I'm telling you, maybe we do these PSAs and someone will hear it. And go, holy crap! I want that guy for my voiceover. It's possible. Why don't you do that same PSA, but just do the whole thing in a surfer's voice? So you're at a party, just hanging out, having a great time, when someone goes, hey, hey, I know we can get some beer. It's like you're not already having fun, so you say, no thanks, to let them know you're not interested. And they go, what's with you? Are you scared or something? So you look at all the others who aren't drinking, and you go, yeah, scared of like being like you. <laughs> Coolspot.gov, check it out. It's got potential. It's got potential. All right, so I'll write up a script and we'll do some PSAs. Good. This is good, and and we can, yeah, we'll we'll do them. We'll it's do free them. advertising. Yeah, and and, and we're it, not we're not, not we're not, we're well. How do we distribute? Do we send them to somewhere? Is there a, a some place where there's the, probably used to be? You used to put them in the mail, all right, and send them to the station managers, and then they would put them in the pile, and then they get played or not played or or read or not read. Generally speaking, they used to be written, and they would read them on the air. But now, because of technology. You know, we have to obviously send them MP3s or something, and I'll have to figure out how, what the mechanism is, and then we'll just uh, right. do that. Can I? Can I? Uh, I got one last clip. You got something, but I'll let you have the last word here on the Chris O'Donnell show, and I'm going to give you uh, Aaron Burnett uh, because you know 
as we've determined earlier, she's on a roll. And uh, she um, is uh, hired once again to roll out the IED meme. Uh, the uh, IED meme. So let me tell you what happened. I think this story is so full of holes. And it's I think the FBI is pissed because, you know, it's not their six-week cycle. It's not time to have some kind of guy they trap. This is like some local dudes, and somehow they get a hold of probably their guy. This is what I'm thinking. Is the FBI had a guy? They had him, you know, they had him all teed up. You know, he was going to have the new, the new bomb, the new, which is now IED for improvised explosive device. Which apparently Aaron Burnett doesn't even understand the what the term IED stands for. You'll hear in this clip. She probably thinks it's a birth control thing. <laughs> All right, let's listen to the clip. Department. Good to see you, Chief. I really appreciate your taking the time. Good to see you, Chief, because, you know, she talks to the Chief all the time, obviously. What can you tell me about this man, 30 years old, James Oliver Sivakumar, and who, who was he? Oh, by the way, the uh, Obama I'm seeing on the news uh, got the uh, Israeli Medal of Honor uh, uh, partially because of Iron Dome. That's, that's, that's our Pulitzer Peace Prize winner right there, everybody. Pulitzer, I mean our Nobel. Anyway, onward. Why was he planning this attack? Well, right now, uh, you know, trying to get the background investigation and find out what made him tick is all under investigation. Okay, so it's under investigation because the FBI are pissed. This was their guy. Turns out, this. well, listen who this guy was. Uh, we do know he was 30 years old. A student who's 30 years old in a dorm room, Okay. Now, this is, I mean, 30-year-old students? Sure, you got 70-year-old students. But he's on campus in a dorm room? Really? Seems highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. Had been a student there, uh, had been a loner. A loner! And uh, a very kind of antisocial behavior. Ah, okay, right. Now, what we, we were talking about the, the gun, the backpack, the, the IEDs that you ah, found. The IEDs. What about these notes? And the notes of which we have absolutely no evidence or proof that they actually exist. Well, when uh, our officers found him, uh, we did. There was a handgun and uh, a tactical rifle um, inside uh, a backpack. As we were searching the uh, the premises, we found uh, what we would consider four uh, IEDs. What we would consider four IEDs. What maybe it was a book of matches. What we would consider IEDs. This is this. I'm telling you. This old-fashioned wooden matches could be considered an IED. Yes, this guy was a FBI setup, and you'll hear about that in a minute. He was set up. Well, don't, isn't it? The, the, do we have a cycle that we've been? That's what I'm at? saying. They're pissed because the guy wasn't supposed to happen yet. But, oh, because he's off cycle. Yes, this is not it's every the, six weeks, as I recall. It, it's supposed to come up right before episode 500. You know, they're too, They're like a week early. The guy uh, was not ready. The IEDs uh, were not ready. That's the roommate. Yeah, it's, it's the stupid cops. This is the bumbling, this is Keystone cops messed it up. So we had to uh, have the uh, explosive ordnance unit come and dispose of those, and uh, we're working with the FBI now to try to find out exactly what those materials were. What? You don't even know what they were? And yet you're calling it an IED? Oh, please. So four and IEDs. disposed of them. Yeah. So Do you have any no idea something. how he got those devices or whether he built them? himself what were you so, okay did he build the improvised the word improvised explosive Means device you himself? Built it yourself, right. of course it means that you <laughs> idiot what, what's your instinct right now we bought him what's your instinct right now what are you learning store what's your instinct what's your instinct right now hmm? all the indications are that uh, he built them himself oh wow um wow homebrew who wow who wow do, do you do you 
and, and in terms of motive, again, I'm just curious about these notes um, that, that you found indicating that Come on, bring on the notes. He was planning an attack. Do you know what he intended to do with all of this? No, he wasn't exactly clear on what the attack was going to consist of. Uh, yeah, because the FBI didn't clue us in. Uh, he, however, he did have a timeline of how he was getting ready and preparing. And then uh, in the end, uh, he would just give him hell is, is uh, the quote that he used. I'm telling you, this was the FBI script. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, I'm thinking this. And I, so I'm thinking we're going to miss the cycle. The cycle. No, the cycle's going to be off. Now, now here's the exactly. question, the big question. We're going to have to make some notes on the calendar because – if it's a six-week cycle and they're up early, are they going to still schedule it from six weeks from when it was supposed to happen or six weeks from now? I think it's uh, it's just go balls to the wall. They've got to get something up and out because they've got budgeting coming up. It's the quarter. You know, they they got to get something going. So we could actually I'm see. Gonna, I'm going to look at the calendar. We we'll could see a real. We could see a real botched operation. Something that is just too mature, but they're going to roll with it. Because they couldn't take any credit. They're involved with this one. As yeah, maybe they're going to have to. I don't know. This is going to be interesting to see how this plays out. But the found- this was a joke, this thing. <sighs> I mean, the, this guy, they could, you know, they, here's what could have happened. You know, cop, cop is walking through the hallway. This guy didn't like him. He just put a fucking bullet in his head. And like, oh, okay, well, oh, um, I found these notes. And I, <laughs> I found this bag, this backpack with IEDs. And oh, oh. Oh, there's a tactical rifle next to him. Come on, people. You're insulting our intelligence. More than yeah, the PSA. They got to up their game a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they got to up the game. All right, so that was, uh, there's more to that. You can listen to all that in the show notes. 49er7.nashownotes.com is where we have um, everything all listed, all the little clips and bits and bits and bobs and, and chucks and todds and toot and chew and you know, national service and health. So I got a couple of Aaron burn it clips and uh really Do, were we, are we on a burn it trip here I, apparently we're both watching this woman as she well she's still she still she still has the cute face she's very pretty yeah although she's doing this a little too much seems yeah. to me uh oh, so, wow. I, so she did one of her long editorials i didn't, I didn't want to clip the whole thing because it was dumb but she did mention this. She was on tall buildings and how the United States is behind the we're way behind everybody else in tall buildings. <laughs> and and it was interesting because if you play the clip, it's Aaron on tall buildings. According to an interesting article today what? in the United Arab Emirate newspaper, The National, America is falling behind when it comes to tallest buildings. Sort of an international, you know, who's bigger contest of the top 10 in the world only. Ooh. The Willis Tower, formerly called Sears Tower, made the list. It's number nine. In just a few years, there will not be any American buildings on that list at all. In the next decade, six new buildings will be added, all of them in Asia and the Middle East, including Saudi Arabia's Kingdom Tower, set to open in 2018. It will be the tallest building in the world. Wait, wait, 10 more seconds left on the clip. Tell me there's going to be a really funny pun at the end of this? No. Oh. As well as the first to pass 3,000 feet. That's 564 feet taller than the current champ, which is the Burj Khalifa in Dubai. So, uh... What got me about this, besides the whole thing, then she goes on with some theory about we're doomed as a culture because we're not building tall buildings. <laughs> but anyway, she and then she ends it with some lame thing. That's, so, you know, that's some coked out talk right there. It was re- ridiculous. <laughs> so, but the thing is, Willis, when did this thing, when did Sears Tower become the Willis Tower? And who the hell is Willis? <laughs> 
that's what got me. I'm like, what? I didn't know about the name change. <laughs> Did you look it up? Did you consult the book of knowledge? No, I was going to ask you. I was. I could have looked it I up. Ha- I, I have no idea. I, I was Did not- you ever? Did you know this either? I was not aware of this. Well, now I'm looking it up. Yeah. The WillisTower.com. Consult the book it's like- of knowledge. Named. <laughs> I agree. I also heard, uh, the, the, uh, what is it, the CP304. I also heard Queef in Dubai. I, that's what I heard, too. Yeah, I did, too. That's <laughs> like, okay, Aaron, thanks. So here we go. So, okay, named the Sears Tower throughout its history in 2009. That's how far behind we're keeping up with building names and stadium names, I'm sure. Mm. Uh, the Willis Group Holdings. Oh. The right to rename the building as part of their lease on a portion of the offices on it. Oh, it was a- I'm all for this, by the way. I feel that if someone comes in with a million bucks, they get to rename the show. It could be the Willis Agenda Show. The Willis Agenda Show. <laughs> no problem. Not a, In fact, hi, I'm Willis Curry. Me, my friend, Willis Dvorak. Uh, Willis C. Dvorak to you. Right, John? Yeah, I'm all game to change my name to Willis for a million bucks. <laughs> Well, it's only half because, you know, we both have. Oh, that's to- right. Just, just right. It's the way the partnership works. Uh, Willis yeah. Group Holdings. Willis. Some company in, <laughs> in the UK. What? The British are taking us over. That's right. Well, come on, Willis Group. Yeah, you cheap bastards. Send us some money. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Willis Agenda. I'm Willis Curry. And I'm Willis C. Dvorak. <laughs> All right. That's time to get out of here. We will be back on Sunday, of course, and uh, I will have a full analysis of the Talon Manual. Uh, This just came out. The Talon Manual is the Geneva Convention for Cyber Warfare. So that should be fun to read. Uh, Also, a full breakdown of the CIPAC. You're a busy boy since since the trip back from Dallas and the missing... And the car blowing up. Well, uh, uh, Ms. Mickey has my car, so I'm not going anywhere. Might as well just sit here and just watch some C-SPAN. Uh, now, the CIPAC is the Critical Infrastructure Partnership Advisory Council. Oh, that's got to be fascinating. Yes, uh, or as we call the Board of Fascists. So look forward to that. It's going to be a hootenanny. And you'll know where to find us. You can listen to us live at noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net, and of course, as always, available at noagendashow.com. Hey, mofos, adios to y'all. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, I'm John, or Willis C. Dvorak. That's right, Willis. Good work. We'll be back on Sunday right here on Willis Agenda. Dvorak.org slash N-A